The following is a Talking in Stations presentation of Pando's FC chat series. All right, everyone, welcome to uh, to the FC chat today. Awesome guest, a friend of mine, the high, the one and only, the Lord of Losek, or maybe not as much anymore. He kind of retired. Retired. Uh, retired. Yeah, um, we actually did run a lot of fleets together or corded together uh, over what like years right probably yeah yes three years something something like this ever since yeah. um like i would say after what will be kind of right i think one of the first main ones we did was that f7z fight if you remember that yeah i for like sure remember like... that one honey monster died like a hero that was a that really, was a really good fight. yeah that was a that was a legendary fight i would say I think at the time I didn't even realize how good it was, but now yeah. looking back, really good. Yeah, I mean, I could I could talk hours about that fight alone. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, mostly known I would say uh, for being uh, like or not only known but feared for like dread bombs uh, and such. Uh, always looking to um, hit the big guys, and uh, yeah, I would say. So I've got a couple of questions lined up. Um, the Vegas stuff is lined up. What else do I have? Um, like general questions, right? That I like to, um, uh, you know, see what FCs in general, especially from other like space and stuff, with a with a fresh point of view, think about. And then also I'm gonna start with a couple sub questions, right? Before the. Yeah. Um, before the stream, I usually ping uh, my sub channel and if and see if they've got any interesting questions. Sometimes the questions aren't as interesting; I leave them out. But there's some funny ones in here. All right, so to just get to know you a little bit before we go deep into like Vegas or whatever. So let me let me start with a with an interesting one. So what's your number one fleet snack and beverage <laughs> i thought maybe there's something good here it could be nothing you know, but hey let's see you got anything, that's anything an interesting special? question because normally when you do fleets they take up so much of your fucking time your fleet snack ends up being your fucking dinner first of all i, can, and normally, I know yeah and then like i guess it's normally just water because like it does drain you a bit and you kind of like it's really weird i don't know if people have experienced this but like if you like video game for a while and you Especially when you're FCing, your decision making gets quite bad unless you actually like drink water. You kind of need to refresh yourself and rehydrate. It's very important. There you go, healthy high. I have to say, you know what? I get hangry over time. Like when I don't eat or something. Like I don't want to eat right before the fleet, but I don't want to be hungry during. Right. So I always have that. Uh, like in the middle of the fleet, if I if I'm really hungry. That's not good. I usually don't make yeah. the best decisions then. Exactly. I, that's maybe the maybe that's just a feeling. Maybe I have to approach it more scientifically and actually uh, collect some data on it. Well, if your blood sugar pressure. gets low and then your blood pressure rises and stuff like that because you're old, panda. It's almost like uh, you know about uh, medicine and stuff. Well, must be something to do with my ethnicity. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So what's your, uh, what, what's the, wait a second, you didn't say anything. What's the oh. number one snack? Like water? Snack. And, 
okay. You got nothing special? If you don't have anything special, it's fine. I just really eat everything. I'm not really a... I don't really have one snack. If I think of something, I'll get back to you, but I literally... Actually, that's a lie. Not Most of my time, I'd be drinking tea and eating cake. That's my, that's my snack in the day, normally. To be fair, I didn't even think about it for myself. I wouldn't know it either. Exactly. Maybe Knoppers. For, for everyone who's not German, look up Knoppers. Knoppers is awesome. Actually, haven't eaten Knoppers in a while, but good shit. Uh, I can eat my Knopper any day. Anyway. <laughs> no, thanks. That's all right. That's, uh, that's Honey Monster's job. Oh. All right. So, and then the next question, we could probably put it in somewhere here, uh, but it's from Blackbirds. How bad is Panda to uh, co-art with on a scale to 10? And I think he's asking because I mentioned it a couple of times that co-arting so, stuff is not my strong suit, really. It's actually very interesting because I've never had an issue with Panda because I guess my English is quite like better and I can like actually... Normally what would happen is it's very, very much dependent. So the way that it would work is normally if I was with Tao, Tao would be doing like most of the fleet stuff and then I'd be doing like a subset of something. So uh, like target calling or like coordinating. So when I was there and I coordinate with Panda, it was absolutely fine. But when like it was just Tao and Panda, Tao would struggle to coordinate because English isn't his like first subject. So he'll just type stuff out and it'll be quite short. And then because he can't like do both coordinating comms and normal comms as well sometimes. So I guess that was difficult for him, but I never really had an issue coordinating with Panda. I'm quite famous in the... Dark Shines com uh, thing though for saying get here now because like multiple times that we've just been in situations and I've just been like get here now like when we tackled the NC Titans in Wolvenall. I know that come. just too well. So that's like a running gag like to get here now. Yeah. I had that with like I've, I always felt like with Tao it wasn't that much uh, language based but uh, a little bit more like FC style based. Like he likes to um he likes the quick form up, like, kind of stuff, you know? And I like yeah. my ops to be completely planned out if, if I can, right? So I have a plan, like, this is the perfect way to for things to go down. And then we go from here to here, right? I, I have that in my mind a little bit. And then Tao suddenly rushes, you know? <laughs> he's like, well, suddenly he's... he's brief, yeah. He's very brief in a way. That's what I meant by language, I guess. He's just kind of... Yeah, he, he cuts it short then. And then the combination of that, I think... Uh, you know, I had some issues in the past, but I mean, no drama or anything. But um, you know, it was quite quite interesting. For example, I mean, the last time uh, it was like a bomb run. We were setting up in normal bombers, and I had all the bookmarks set up and everything. And then he suddenly changes the spa the, the the place where he wants to take the fight, and I couldn't yeah. get there in time. Even though he had the time to, you know, to let me set it up and then move. Now he moved over right away. Like a little bit impatient, and then you know we ended up bombing, but it wasn't on point, and yeah, it was kind of sad. But that was one of those get here now moments too, right? <laughs> like yeah, when is the timer yeah, out? Yeah. Oh, it's all right, it's out already, right? Hey, can you come help? Like when is the timer? Oh, it's out, right? <laughs> we like to just... keep you on your feet, Panda. You know, throw you into Titan fights and stuff like that. It's... Yeah, yeah. I mean, that was also yeah. a good, a good fight. Uh. I'll go into details of the actual progression of that, like how the decision making of that fight as well. But nah, like Tao is very much uh, 
when this is what made him probably like one of the best FCs in the game is he was very much a like snap decision maker. He wouldn't dwell on stuff, which would mean that he would actually take risks where other people wouldn't. And normally they'd pay off just because he had the skill behind. And that's where like Tao kind of excelled. Like he was very skilled at like adapting to a situation quite quickly and then just taking risks that other people wouldn't, which is something that you don't see much. Yeah, I would agree. Right. When I would uh, still be sitting there thinking, hmm, how much do I have here? How much do I have there? Should we do this? Should we do that? Uh, Tao would probably already jump in. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually oh. very interesting but for like O1Y, which was like the Titan fight. Uh, he was already on grid and I just woken up because I saw his ping for like Titans. And I just got onto TeamSpeak. It's like half awake. This is like 1 p.m. by the way. It's the weekend. It was my holidays. Actually, it was my holidays. So it was on the weekend. I just like woke up, got on my PC, and like I, ju I made him my Titan. And then I just like asked for these scans and stuff. And then of like what they have ready, like Titan wise. And I just asked how many Titans we have. And like Tao's like, they Tao drops Tao drops on their dress and they escalate further. And then he's like, and then I'm like, let's just drop Titans. And like, I bet I'm just woken up and I don't really know what we're doing. And we just completely went in and yoloed it. And that was purely because we were getting to the point where we were like, this is probably like the only chance we're going to get a, like a small scale Titan fight. And we just took it, even though they had more Titans from the get go. It's probably like one of the best risks we took because it was one of the most fun things. It was a good, I mean, uh, I streamed that fight, so you can see my reaction. I didn't know shit. Like, I didn't know they're gonna, you know, you're gonna drop Titans or anything. That's because like, he he <laughs> told me like ten seconds before or something, right? And it's like I'm not surprised. I wasn't like super surprised or anything. Right? I I knew it was a possibility, but like I think a minute before he said we're midding Titans, which not always means we're dropping them, right? So um, yeah, I mean, in a fight. Like where I'm, I consider myself a, a quick thinker in doctrines like Stugas and stuff like this. Like I make decisions right away. But if you whelp a Stuga fleet or like even um, any like subcap, I mean, unless it's super shiny, whatever, right? Um, you know, what's the risk really? You're not gonna, especially like Moonins and stuff. You you'll always get most of them out anyway. But with Titans and Supers and Dreads and all that stuff, you know, you get stuck really quick. Yeah. Well, that was the other thing as well. You kind of have to evaluate who you're fighting. So, for example, we kind of knew that we would hold the sub grid against UOTG, especially with you there, which meant that we could kind of get our Titans out kind of, you know, easily, I guess is one way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> that was close as shit. The last yeah. couple of bombs. I'm not even kidding. I, I had like, I don't know, three or four bombs left. Yeah. And there was another, so before that, there was another sub-question that's a little bit more serious, but then uh, that kind of segues perfect into Isa, uh, Isa's question. She asked, how do FCs handle multitasking of fleets, you think? Is there any special, uh, specific approach you've got? Let, it's like a broad question. But in this case, I could actually talk about it because... Um, I'm not good at multitasking at all. That's why I'm also not good at um, coding and stuff. I, I like to focus on that one thing and do it correctly and you know as good as I can and then have some other people handle the rest. And in this case also, like because I didn't know, I wasn't prepared for it. It was a quick form, kind of. Um, I didn't have any plan to move dreads or titans or supers or any of that stuff. And it's a couple of regions away. 
So then I was put in that, uh, into that situation and uh, Tao telling me, hey, like bring some caps, right? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm, st I'm kind of stuck here trying to save your Titans right now. Like, what am I doing? And then Bliss came on and, and Bliss didn't have any time anyway. And he was kind of yeah. mad. It's like, what the fuck? Now I have to like FC supers or what? I have to go well, and all that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. It was very much uh, like, you know, I looked back on the fight. Like we basically went in like, without thinking at all we just kind of just took the fight like i hadn't like pre-fit the titans to a specific tank which is what you'd normally do i hadn't like thought about how dd stuff i could put a sip i could have slipped in another dd and taken out another titan for example when we were still clearing the dress i just didn't think about that at the time and i probably could have saved one or two more titans by just like looking at the field a bit better but like it's just small things like that and you kind of like it was very much just a like let's just do this just because it was something that looked uh, you know, and yeah you have to give credit also to GHG because you guys are kind of a boogeyman when it comes to caps super titans I think when you guys feel titans most people think okay there's a play right here right is that all is that are those all the titans maybe in it is preformed maybe yeah. they already admitted some stuff but GHG went for uh, so well, credit to GHG they didn't know case. about you not preforming and moving stuff because of yeah they knew we knew they knew but yeah like i don't regret you not being there because yeah they might if you'd like sneakily moved into position or something you might see done. one titan and then get scared then i mean yeah. one time even then like it's you had done that and we'd like dunk them it wouldn't be the same right just not the same intensity That's like it was more about the getting the adrenaline pumping which doesn't really happen in the game this that much these days that is true. Like you were just saying that you didn't realize how much, like, now you realize how good of the fight F7C was. And that was a good fight because of how intense it was. And that doesn't happen these yeah, days I mean, because I mean, people don't risk stuff. In the That's the thing, right? So F7C, for those who are not aware, we, how long ago is that? Two or three years ago, actually, by yeah, now. But, time. so, we were fighting, who were we fighting? Was it Dry, Horde? NC Horde, no, so, Horde Darkness. Yeah, so basically, the situation is there's an R64. Back then, it was a tower, and that thing was reft and came out. And was it friendly or hostile at this point? I don't even remember. But it so it was a yeah, it was a fight over an R64, and we knew NC was coming. And the only reason why we engaged, we were already outnumbered uh, without NC being there. All like almost outnumbered with nc we were heavily outnumbered actually and the only reason why we took that fight right there was to make nc bridge and travel and then blue ball them right so that was the play first I mean, that was that was the approach at first that if we can't fight this tough shit let nc just travel for nothing and you know make him regret uh, being bad for all the time for all these big timers right which is a common thing it's a shitty move uh, like on that move alone like I'm, I'm not proud of that or anything but then the fight developed and it looked winnable and then suddenly we're outnumbered but it looked winnable so we stayed in the fight even though uh, NC arrived with the subcap fleet and then we had this uh, stuff lined up with like multiple bosons to like erase a dread bomb quickly so we fielded some caps yeah the blunderbuss right yeah. <laughs> so we fielded yes. some caps baited out a dread bomb basically 
and then we tried to hit the the thing properly which was you know kind of effective wasn't as effective as we all were hoping for because i think the drip one was just big enough so the bumping was so big that we couldn't hit a clean run but it like i think it was like 50 60 dreads and i think 30 of them got bosoned right away so it was like i don't know 20 30 left and we could clean those up but yeah but then the titans that we jumped in, we had to free them. And three out of four got out, but the fourth one didn't. And it was Honey Monster, who's in chat actually. That's Dark Titan. And yeah, and they were just able to hold him, just barely. He almost got out. And then the entire super camp fleet from NC. And I'm not sure if PI was in that. And that too. traveled from Tribute as well. Like they took a good while to get there. It's because they were in heavy attack. Exactly. That's Tida. That's the Tida problem for you. Uh, if you get stuck killed, in Tida and tackle in a Titan, you're dead. Right. I think we killed. I think it was 120 interdictors in that fight. Funny enough, it was still Esquires. It was still 50-50, kinda. Right. It wasn't lopsided at all. Even though we lost the Titan. Because yeah, it's back then. Like what happened was Pandemic Horde was like in a Scorpion fleet first. And they like reship multiple times into different fleets. But the first fleet they had was a Scorpion fleet and it got absolutely bombed off by out of sight. And then Darkness was just feeding Tengus, if you remember. And then they dread bombed and we escalated. And they kept their auto side of Carafy just doing nothing. It was exactly. very yeah. Darkness and GG they were on the on the N C side too. Yeah, it was a good fight. It was a really good fight. And uh, it's also a perfect segue to the last sub question here. Is there anything you really regret uh, from your EVE career? And that's like, the, those two fights, I would argue, there's no regrets there. But is there, is there maybe one fight or a fuck-up where you say, ah, oh, that still haunts me? <laughs> there's been a fair few fuck-ups of like me. I've whelped a super fleet because uh, I just kind of wanted to believe it was okay and kind of just got pushed into dropping supers by people just wanting to and i just didn't use my head enough that I happened to me too <laughs> subcap, yeah i've got subcap fleets there are regrets there but like it's more you learn from them and like the more you warp the more comfortable you get with doing stuff and if you warp and then you learn and you don't do the same thing again and you progress so you get better and better at stuff and you learn what you're doing not like you just keep warping the same thing then it's not really a regret. My actual regret comes from when I started the game. I started because of a friend who introduced me to it. And then I realized, like, now I think about it, that how bad he was and, like, how he was teaching me all the wrong things because he really didn't know what he was doing. And it did take me a good while to get into the game. And that was, like, 2011-ish. And if I had actually, like, gone into the game properly then and really enjoyed the game back then when there was, like, loads of fights happening all the time and stuff, I think I would have enjoyed it more. Mm, so you feel like you missed out on a lot of shit? Because it took you too long to, you know, find out what actually is fun in the game. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, my only regret, to be honest, I think would only be that uh, Super and Titan um, massacre. Like, so I I webbed a couple like Affection Super, Brisk's Titan, <laughs> a couple other Titan. Like, I don't know. I was like at a, I think five hundred something bill. I webbed that stupidly. And yeah, because I, I mean, I got mad in the fight. Someone else was, that was actually not my fleet uh, in the first place. And then I had to take over and uh, the subcap uh, fleet was decimated. And I got angry a little bit and not angry at anyone, but angry at, at the situation. 
and uh, yeah, made the made the call to just drop everything to uh, erase that shit. And then they dread bombed, and we had low numbers of faxes, so they killed a couple dudes before we could erase the the dread bomb, and it was expensive. But I have to say, right after that, I felt like I felt almost inspired to uh, make it up to the guys. And that's where we started hunting with Stukas a lot. And there was a couple paydays, like 100 bill here, 100 bill there. There was like a couple times in a row that we really brought some ISK um, home and stuff. So at the end of the month, FC-wise, I was ISK positive. And I was pretty proud of that one. So um, I think we made up for that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I lost my super sometimes to E, right? So I really wanted to kill the Titans. But unfortunately, it was you who ended up killing their Titans when you baited them in Syndicate. Oh, yeah. Like, it wasn't Syndicate. It was Cloud Ring, I believe. Yeah. Cloud Ring, yeah. Sorry. But then, like, yeah, I, the other thing was that uh, EE and SC had more supers and titans than us, so I really had to build up our super and, super and titan numbers, and we did end up being one of the most concentrated titan alliances in the game at our peak. Um, so yeah, we did do that. So yeah, it's kind of just like analyzing what you want to do and like getting the best out of it for your guys. You... Oh. Alright, I think that should answer those questions fairly, fairly well. So Next on the list would be all that Vegas stuff. I'm not sure. Did you follow all the um, all the streams uh, of Eva? I've been really busy with university work, but I've like heard the snippets of what's been discussed. So I do know the vague understanding and stuff of like the interceptors and like the Treglavian. Yeah. So Cricket. Oh, sorry. I keep going. So Cricket was nice enough to uh, give me a list. I'm not sure if it's complete, but. Uh, I would say we just go through the list. Some of these points will probably be like a, a simple, yep, good, or yeah, simple, not good. <laughs> but I mean, there might be there might be some good stuff that we could talk about here. And really, pretty much on top of the list is the 25 uh, ship limit for bushes. So you have never run any bush comps, I believe. And I don't think you have ever been like a massive fan of him. So, what's your take on that nerf? Before I go on a rant here, and I probably have to stop myself here. But well, yeah, you have to understand that I like we don't run the bush comps because we kind of like to fight head on, and it's more because we feel like we don't want to do this gay skirting around stuff. We do that with nightmares to an extent, but not just fully. And I actually did do boosh stuff in like a smaller gang, but that'd be more like triple MJDing onto someone, nothing like you do. It'd more be like Snatch Fleet. But um, the way I looked at it was Stuka Fleets really aren't hard to counter. We've had to deal with Stuka Fleets in the past ourselves. Um, we like have dealt with it while we're in capitals against you, even. You were in a small Stuka Fleet, but still, like, you, it's, they're really easy to counter with subcaps if you know what you're doing and you kind of put thought into it. And the fact that they had nerfed it purely because of that, purely because the people who are basically just crabs complained just to make the game safer, which kind of seems to be the main theme these days, is just making the game safer and safer, is a bit sad because, honestly, it was annoying, but it wasn't fully like not counterable, and it only existed purely because of the fact that the capital umbrella had become so strong because of CCB doing stupid things to capitals and completely unbalancing the game in a subcap to capital thing like 
I was talking to you earlier before the show about how we were in like 40, 50 carriers and goons had two subcap fleets and there was like 450 people on grid and subs and we completely held the grid and won and you were in a Stuka fleet as well during that time just because of the fact that capital anti-subcap weapons are so overpowered and they have nerfed, well they are going to nerf them and they nerfed horse before but those nerfs aren't enough. Like for example, they nerfed like in a weird way. So horse they nerfed by 50% damage but the damage was a lot but the main issue on Halls was the tracking. Like, the tracking on it is still pretty insane. Um, when they first came out, I remember I signed a friend's Titan onto an Astra house, and the author swapped in at 100 kilometers, and he had full transversal, and he was going 4 kilometers a second, and the Titan 2 shot him. Yeah, I agree. I agree 100%. The, the damage itself is not the big issue. Um, I mean, if the damage was, like, 10%, obviously, you know, go ahead and check me, but... Uh, they're never gonna nerf it to to a degree where it makes such a difference. No, it's the application, and the same same goes for supers, obviously. Right. Um. Yeah. Um. Should I go into a rant now? <laughs> you should because. Uh, so, I mean, like you said. So, like you said, subcap doctrines, if flown correctly, they can counter uh, Stukas, for example, easily. Like, I think I've lost one fight um, with a couple of Munins against Stuker fleets, but it was two Stuker fleets of over 200 people, and I had like 50 Munins. All right, so am I supposed to win that fight? Probably not. And because I lost the fight, in that case, uh, calling something OP it would be crazy. But at the same time, also, uh, I fought uh, two Stuka fleets before with like 70 millions and one even outnumbered two to one or three to one. And it just shows that if you know the weakness of a Stuka fleet, then you can counter it. And I think the problem here is um, it took us years, literally years. Like Commander's Choice didn't, weren't introduced yesterday and everyone was like, holy shit, everyone's flying Stukas. It took us years to figure out what's the most effective way to use them. And then we use them extensively, obviously. We are very much known for that. And a lot of people never saw any Stuka fleets. And if you don't know, if you have no idea, and you warp into bubbles, you warp into one group on grid, and you feel all safe, and you're just you know, chilling, or you, you're in a Munin fleet, you anchor up with prop mod on, and you just hope for the best, basically. Like, oh, we're in a Munin fleet, that's what we always do, it always worked. That's not the right approach against the Stuka fleet. So if you do that, you get punished. And I think the problem for people is that if you get punished then, it's going to be a real punishment. So you're going to lose like an entire Munin fleet. We've done that like several times. We, I've also at the beginning whelped a shit ton of Stuka fleets against Munins. And people got mad at me for doing so because they said, like, oh, it's so dumb to engage Munins. That's probably the same people complaining that it's, um, that it's OP now. You know what I mean? And... Um, there's a lot of FCs in the game that learned the lesson and they adjusted and it's very hard to engage them with subcaps. So basically, the the meta took a long time to develop. Oh, sorry. Did I? Yeah, I think yeah, my push to talk off. stops working after if I go on a rant for too long. You cut off after and. Uh, I'm not sure what and that was, but so... Basically, uh, what I'm saying is the meta took long, a long time to develop two Stukas and maybe Ravens to a degree, which I, don't, I still don't agree with that you know, Ravens are even an issue. 
Um, and then I think you could see that uh, Stuka's um, that the meta was also developing away from Stuka's already, because FC is all uh, over the game. The uh, FC is all over the game. Started to adjust and learn the tricks and stuff like this. Uh, I think when I'm cutting out, I'm only cutting out on on Discord. Hopefully, someone on stream let me know if I'm cutting out on on stream too. So, if you give a a, a doctrine like Stuga's like years to develop, then you you should also give it a little bit of time to develop away from it again, right? The meta. And I think they have been so patient, overly patient in the past, be it Macarius, be it T3Cs, be it Ishtas, be it like whatever, like whatever is OP, capitals. It's like endless patience, what CCP said. But now Stukas, they've been an issue for a short uh, time and we, maybe we overdid it, you know, maybe we did too many fleets, I don't know. Uh, and now they're suddenly um, nerfing it. It's just, it, it's not a, you know, it doesn't make any sense to me. I think they they went too quick about it. I think they also did it. Like, if you agree um, with them saying, oh, yeah, we need to nerf this, I think also they did it the wrong way. Because the Command Destroyer 24, uh, 25 uh, ship uh, limit, I think it's going to be AIDS in LOSIC, for example, have a Command Destroyer warp into your, like, blob and just bush and you will always get 25 25 is a very engageable number yeah. and it can be take that counter yeah That's yeah it can be critical i'm i'm gonna say that right now it's gonna be super eight for a lot of people thinking oh it's gonna be great and like fuck bushers you're gonna have a bad time a real bad time busher warps in ecm burst mgd boom 25 of your dudes are gone right people forget that uh one of the first things panda invented with Snatches with the spearfish, yeah. and that's get even yeah. stronger now. So there is a there's actually a long forum post on all forums about snatch, and the number one issue it talks about is how do we split hostile fleets up. There's like several approaches that I wrote down that you can do. One of them is, for example, you warp in. You have enough scrams. You keep MJD and you scram enough dudes off till it's engageable, or you um, try to, you know, MGD only a couple in the first place. Like, there's a couple of things you can do. And a, a few of these tricks we actually still use in Stuka fleets today, but um, that problem, it's not going to be a big problem anymore. If you only catch 25, you just have to split the, the jumping from the main fleet. And yeah, it's going to be way easier then. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, and it's also going to be way more headache for any bigger fleets, especially in low sec. You can't avoid it in low sec. Like, if you have a, a bigger fleet, you can't really avoid it. I mean, there's counters to it too. Which, scram you know, chaining is what you're going to have to do, basically. No, I don't think, I think scram chaining has always been the, the worst counter to everything. Because uh, it's not reliable. ACM burst, and then what? 10% are jumped and get jumped anyway. But um, like smart bombs always work, right? If you're all balled up, the boosh I have to get within ten, uh, 6km, so you can smart bomb them. So there's a counter right there. There's a couple of things you can do. Um, yeah. Yeah. But there was a lot of things you could do with Stuka. Like XIX was running it, well, like this is like a couple of weeks, well, a month ago. No, a few weeks ago. 
we were on like a uh we were fighting on a Fortiva and it was like an armor timer and we were in nightmares and xix brought like 130 man stuka fleet or something to attack us and why kenda was also there and he had like a 40 50 man moon fleet so i kind of just made him anchor on our fleet and then this was kind of like a plan made up from my, my own fleet members because i didn't think of this like i think it was like snorbin and a couple of others like we knew they were going to try and mjd directly into us and they wanted to try and bomb us obviously so what we did was as soon as they mjd we switched anchor into us we switched anchor moved into them so they couldn't bomb us we went into their fleet and then kenda killed all their maguses and we just completely absolutely obliterated their fleet there was so many easy ways to counter stukas if you get them in an engageable way and if there's so many stukas on grid then you can't counter them anyways then that's like it's nothing to do with the doctrine it's to do with the fact that there's too many people as you said like people don't really think anymore they just want to have their little crab safety sphere and that's a big issue with the game because capitals are so overpowered and subcaps can't really do much that like and everyone has titans and stuff then you can't really have fights anymore because a there's no content um creators as such in terms of structures that will people actually give a shit about and the main things people care about is defending their rockles and their crabs and they're just so easy to defend so like actually having a good fight these days is very hard i agree i mean counters to stukas maybe it's too early to give them all away but there's a good few like i can tell you right now any any subcap doctrine or any popular nowadays popular subcap doctrine will always have the upper hand against stukas always so how come that anyone can make the argument that stukas are op so uh, it's like very hard for me to see so it's like blackout though like blackout was actually quite fun honestly like there was it was it made the game interesting because people kind of had to actually play the game in a bit more in a bit more of a dangerous way again and like i enjoyed it but then people like you know crabs like really and like you know all these other people started massively crying you know goons you know the core crabbing alliances like tests and goons and horde and stuff started massively crying because they were just losing people and that's also what the game is about right you lose people because there's danger in the game so and the more danger you take out you know yeah i you know i would even argue they lost people yes but also the guys that weren't in a block at that point, they were all pushed into the block. Because the only real safety was inside a, a, a big block. So while I'm focused on hunting and all that stuff, I don't care bear at all. My corp doesn't care bear. Obviously my alliance uh, does, or the guys in my alliance. But um, so I would be super interested in, in null say, complete blackout. Uh, at the same time, I saw what happened. Right? There was no targets anywhere else than the, the umbrellas. So I don't think that was healthy. And I also um, was asking not to get it reverted to what it was, but to you know take this experiment, that's what they call it, and then make something out of it. And that's still my hope that they're going to at least say, they haven't even said that they look into uh, getting a middle ground going because i think a local delay of just 30 seconds maybe a minute that would just be perfect for both sides right hunter and for um, crabs you have enough safety uh, so you don't have to fear for your life 24 7 
because you know usually you know how it works you're um, probably the perfect guy to ask but usually if you hunt big targets you have eyes on it for a long time if you have uh, and that's the the strong part about blackout is you can be right next to him for hours and he's never gonna know so you have all the time in the world to prep your fleet to get everything moving mid the dreads whatever you need and find the wormhole and all that stuff if the delay if there's only a delay of like a minute let's say or like 30 seconds that is still gonna be super hard but someone traveling through systems and all that stuff that's a different story or logging in and then you have 30 seconds to catch it and, get, and make it happen that's a skill move then right it's not uh, like you don't get those targets for free but you have a chance and I think that's very important honestly I think it's very like just I look at it like this like we always knew, we always knew that the servers were always going to get like serenity like there would be massive blue donuts which there are like all the core entities horde uh goons test have this big agreement based off one thing and like it's very blutrally and like we all knew that it was going to get to the serenity level and that diplomacy would stop the bigger fights happening and the bigger wars happening over like certain things but like the smaller fights that happen over other things and you know like catching crabs and stuff could have still netted good fights but i feel like the core issues that ccp doesn't address anymore and like they they basically have like this pattern of just instead of rebalancing stuff they'll just add more and more gimmicky stuff like Triglavian stuff and all this like they'll add blackout and things like that rather than rebalancing core gameplay issues such as capital anti-capital weapons being overpowered and like um not rebalancing subcaps anymore like moonins have been out for so long now and people just fly moonins because they're so fucking fast and like their rate of fire is so strong as well they're really overpowered and ccp hasn't nerfed them in any way and the meta just becomes really stagnant and boring like and it also encourages like the running away meta like the core gameplay balances that need to be made to the game are plentiful and like if they don't address those then it's not going to fix the game in any way anyways honestly like if you could just keep adding things to a pile of shit it's still a pile of shit yeah and so the munin thing also so the munin got changed and it was very quickly that everyone picked up munins how long did it take maybe maybe two months for everyone to adjust and everyone realize yeah actually munins are the shit now and then everyone in the game is flying munins so if that's not obvious that you go that you went too far uh, with a buff then like I don't know what it is right <laughs> it's like it didn't take us years to find out oh munins are actually quite good and I think a munin nerf itself is not going to be enough either if you if you nerf the munins it's going to be all eagles I'm telling you right now, yeah. it's very similar. That's what I was, yeah. yeah. Well, that's so. what I mean. There needs to be a rebalance again of like, like they were doing ship tier aside, which was okay, but like certain classes need to be better than other classes and stuff like that of ships and like everything needs to have its own advantage and disadvantage. And like I've always been a core thinker in that you shouldn't be able to like use capitals without sub capitals if that makes sense you shouldn't just be able to jump in like 30 titans and just completely swack like a 200 man no, fleet. And like yeah it's i think every single fc i've talked to if like till now they we are all agreeing that a capital should not be the answer to everything and it's just too easy 
sign up and even after the sign up changes i think a lot of fcs were a little bit worried i know uh, shines was a little bit worried that his uh, play style would be um, you know changed in a way that he doesn't like but even he agrees now that sign up changes didn't change much in that regard you open the sign up and you've got an answer for every doctrine in the game that was ever there it's just you can tackle you can web you can mute you can web tackle mute aoe style you can fucking deal damage aoe style you can do everything you can portal hostile subs away that's another funny thing which like i don't see that often but it's just you know it's just too all around it can just do everything and it shouldn't have the tackle role at the very least so if you engage the block you can get away unless they bring a subcap fleet of their own so bam you've got to fight them and i think every fc in the game nowadays agrees with that i've not found any that doesn't if you know if you're fc and you're in the chat right now send me a message give me some arguments there i'm happy to have a discussion about it but i don't even see how that is even like who came up with that that's what my that's my question like who thought that's a great idea when they first it fuzzy. <laughs> no no i can actually i can tell you who thought it was a great idea capital pilots thought it's a great idea right? the guys in the capital focus group thought it's a great idea oh. okay. a complete failure that capital focus group but uh i mean and it's not even we have fcs we fail all the time no big deal if you fuck it up go ahead and fix it afterwards though don't just let us sit here for years literally years and struggle doing your job entertaining people and that's how i see it right we are trying to bring content to the guys but they're making it harder and harder for us to do and at some point and that's what you see at the moment i believe that's probably part of the reasons why uh, part of the reason why you guys decide to um i would say to tone it down a bit like at some point it's not worth the time and effort for what you get out of it and then people quit people stop doing stuff and they're waiting for better weather and that, that weather might not ever come so we're losing people to that kind of stuff and i mean the capital stuff is just one but i think that's the biggest one together with citadels right. and the fact that ccp no longer really addresses rebalances and stuff like that means that just like me and Tao, like we have more real real life commitments but like when you actually do a fleet of a certain scale and just in general these days because these structures are just so much time it takes a lot of time out of your day and like fcing wise is even more prep and stuff and like you kind of have to think about whether it's worth your time or not and that being an fc normally means you have to have a lot of free time anyways but like it's how you want to spend that time and if you don't have that time to spend on the game and you don't think it's worth it, then you're like less likely to FC. And the less FCs you have in the game, the less content creation there is and all these issues. Like I was speaking to Vince about like, you know, him still playing the game and he basically just said like NCs on their uh, life sport, which is actually kind of sad because if you start losing all the bigger entities and they can't, and you just are left with the massive entities, like I mean the mid-scale entities, NC's not really a mid-scale entity, but like it was not horde level or goon level, I guess. Let's put it like that. But once you start losing all of those like big and small, <laughs> whatever, yeah. Once right. you start losing those, it basically will just become test, horde, and goons on the map. 
it's just going to be absolutely fucking horrible. So, which actually yeah. might be good because there'll be like some more smaller scale fights, but then I think that's going to kind of drive as well as time goes on, just because people are going to be more like the game is, it's like a safety net and the safety net's getting bigger and bigger. And that means PVP is shrinking. If that makes sense. Yeah. So I would actually, I mean, I totally agree with what you said. Besides there's going to be more small scale of C, uh, small scale, um, stuff going on i don't think so because that's where the citadel stuff is in the way i believe like you can't just you know a smaller group they can't just hit stuff and then have day-to-day maybe weekly kind of you know approaches to the game it's all about the long-term gain you know and that's the and that's the struggle that smaller groups have so i don't think small groups are in a good place and i think it's that's actually a fact that now only caught up to bigger groups or is catching up to bigger group groups all these mid-scale small-scale groups they're struggling hard too and uh, so you're missing those as your content too sorry it's actually really sad as well because like big scale groups can't really be bothered to make content or they're not allowed to because they're just blue to each other because they're all following the really way which is just diplomacy as i like to call it but like you, the really way like, <laughs> yeah we are doing stuff in tribute and like it would just be us and like some random shitters and then like Horde would get word of that timer and then there'd be like 400 people on the way from Horde and PL for like a 50-man fleet of like Astartes and I was like wow why like they just don't have anything to do so they just come and blob and like suffocate all the smaller content which is what's going to happen so like if all these smaller groups exist and then there's just really large groups for example let's say in Losag you know it's pretty open now you're going to have like 500 people coming out of a wormhole just to try and blob you on the timer just because they have nothing better to do. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, and I'm just reading that one comment. Like, I'm not going to be able to read much in, in fleet because I want to obviously talk too high. But I'm seeing when Enid blob my fleet and syndicate. Yes, like, uh, obviously all bigger groups do that. Snuff does that. They're hitting smaller groups. That's, you know, that's life. But bigger groups are forced to look at any kind of content they can get because it's so dry at the moment. So, for example, uh, when Try and Trigger started uh, fighting a little bit in Tribute, we were very aware of the the whole thing. And we were, you know, I could have formed a couple of fleets and and gone there. Um, But we didn't because Kenda, he's one of those rare cases. Kenda actually said like, nah, stay out of it for now. I don't want to start the whole bad phone game. And I'm completely like, I respect that decision. We were ready to go uh, if like NC Seashore, which they did. Uh, But he still said like, nah, nah, stay out of it. And, uh, you know, but, you know, that all becomes a gentleman's agreement to some point. And if that's the basis of the game, just people... Uh, shooting each other because they agree to it it loses so much um, uh, depth you know what I mean it's like there's so much getting lost and it's not like there's no grudge fights anymore there's no grudges in the game we have we've heard that before uh, I mean there's a couple we don't like NC we want NC to be around though that's for sure NC's kind of dead right now so I don't think they're gonna I mean they're fighting come. GOTG a little bit. Uh, yeah, but their numbers are absolutely shit, and they're getting dumpstered by GOTG, which should not happen. GOTG is like... <laughs> they're like... Okay, 
they're not very good, let's say, and they are improving, but like they're not hard. Like the old caliber of NCFC, such as like Ajax, which is an older FC than you, for example, that should be able to easily deal with that, and they're not. Like their numbers are they're merging with Horde a lot. Yeah, I mean, because we like obviously have a, a long history with Pan Fam in general, we showed up to that fight a couple of times, obviously. Right? And uh, yeah, they're struggling, but hey, all right, let's. Uh, I'm always trying to keep it non political, but politics are such a big part of the game that you really can't avoid it when you're FC. And, um, you know, it's actually very sad as well. You start talking about like grudges and stuff. We we try very hard, and we were quite famous for being very hated in the game, but we tried really hard to get like people riled up because you get people riled up, they come to like try and fight you, they come try and dumpster you. And like, you know, I almost made Vinnie Crouton stream, for example, they still didn't do shit, right? Like, people don't do anything anymore, just try to take it. And they just uh, are like, oh, all right. How did we even get here from uh, Bush things? But hey, um, so they also introduced uh, or they also announced the boson application change and the Dromi web strength nerf. But so let me comment on that right away. It's great that the boson gets touched because it was like one a tool for one guy to wipe out an entire subfleet. Who, uh, who thought that's a great idea? No idea. Um, and then this Dromi web strength nerf. It's it's almost like they want to say, okay, here take this. It doesn't have any impact, but you kind of asked for this, so shut up and leave. That's what it feels like to me. Everyone is agreeing you shouldn't be able to tackle with the uh, supers and titans that easily. I would argue you shouldn't be able to tackle at all. Um, and then they give us that little bit of a nerf on the web power. Right, I so. never understood why they even bothered doing this because, correct me if I'm wrong, but the old supers and the old titans, well, more fighters, the old fighters and the old anti-capital weapons, if you web down and target painted a ship enough, they'd apply and they'd apply a lot of damage because it's the same as the old dread guns, right? If you like... I mean, this is more battleships and battlecruisers and stuff, less so T3 cruisers, but like, I mean, actually, you could do it to them as well if they're properly webbed and TP'd down. They'd still apply a lot of damage, and that meant that you had to have subcaps on grid, really, to kind of tackle the stuff down, right? I don't understand why we even have anti-capital weapons on capitals. It just makes no sense. Anti-subcapital weapons, you mean? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I don't understand it either. So they're always trying to, you know... They they always try to make a, make it two different um, classes of ships, but then one class dominates the other class completely in every way, and it just doesn't make any sense to me. But yeah, I mean, uh, a couple of Care Bears and like Titan owners and stuff uh, will probably um, say, "But hey, like I invested so and so much time and effort into getting my Titan, I should totally be OP." It's just the dumbest argument I've ever heard. And um, they should buff the local doomsday, like it was before. They could do that, yeah. yeah. Targeted doomsday, yeah. Why not? And then it would still be overpowered, and you just get rid of whores, and you're back to the old guns, and it's fine. Like 
people can find subcaps again. You actually have to form subcap fleets and have subcap fights to defend. You know, people can make plays again, which are very important in having variety in the game instead of a linear escalation bar. Oh man, Ari just said something. <laughs> when Ari says something, I better listen. But she says, I hope they don't give a hog unto the trick dread. Oh no. Is that, that's probably going to be the the hog gun dread. I mean, not really, because it's probably going to be spooled up damage. Of this yeah, so it's, it's going to be wormhole priced. Hi. Wormhole priced, okay. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to see it in, in Nulzig, I think. But in general, like, think about it. That thing is going to track everything. If it's if it's you know if it's just a scaled up Triglavian gun, I mean, it should be tracking everything. Co even compared to like normal Hawk gun, it it's just gonna murder zone everything. So but then again, really it's spool up, so maybe it's it starts with zero damage as spool up. You know? Did you Probably, hear what, right? J what Jay wrote about? Well, did you read what Jay wrote about um no? about entropic things like being? What did you yeah. say? Entropic things were apparently bugged on Triglavian ships, so they're going to do even more damage now, after the patch. What? Yeah. What do you mean? They read, were what said, read what he said in TRC. Apparently this is said at Vegas. Because when they were testing the Dread, they said that when they had the Entropic Sinks on, it was doing less damage out of Siege than it... No, less damage in Siege with Entropic Sinks than it was doing out of Siege. Well, I'd like to be surprised, but... Oh, not really, right? Triglavian ships are fun, but like, I'd rather they'd like fix the core game issues and like, un like, basically owned up to the fact that they made mistakes. Because that's the big thing about CCP. If they do something and it doesn't work out and it's really shit, they won't like admit they made a mistake. They'll make like a small change and then just keep it as it is and just sweep it under the rug. And they've just done that more and more. So now you have like so much dirt under the rug that you're fucking teetering on a mountain. Well, they admitted a couple smaller things before that they fucked up here, fucked up there. Uh, I mean, one thing I know uh, is when they banned us that they completely fucked up, which is still a mystery, but um, how that could even happen. Um, but yeah, they owned up to that one to a degree, which is fine. I'm not, the big thing, I'm not mad about it anymore. Um, I was more sadness than anything, anyway. But um, I think they, um, yeah, they they only did like little things that they, um, you know, admitted to, you know, have mis made mistakes in the past and then actually owned up to it. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not yeah, like it's not like we are unforgiving. You know what I mean? If they fuck up something, and then like a month later saying, "Guys, I think we got this wrong. Let's get it right this time." There we go. Nobody would complain about that. Yeah, nobody would. But they do it after years. That's the problem. Like two years later, they're like, hmm, maybe it wasn't the best. Guys, we've been playing for two years with this, this shit. What? Like, if you didn't listen at all, like, come on. Yes. Can't well, be serious. This is the thing that uh, when I was in the meta show when Jay was drunk and he's being, you know, pretty brutally honest about it. Like, he... You basically just said they don't play their own game, which is absolutely true. If they played their game in like the way that they intended to play in like different groups, they would realize how stupid the game is. But they don't. 
and you can tell that from the way they fit their ships when they do rooms and stuff they fly the absolute worst fits ever and they they don't know how to play their own game they don't interact with their own game which is the stupidest thing ever you know what wait a second but you can't blame him for that you know what i mean <laughs> the game is yeah, the, in the best state so i can't even blame him for not playing their own game but i can i mean i can i, I was obviously i'm kidding uh sorry i didn't want to interrupt you if you want to want to keep going no, I just wanted to say that basically. Like, they can't, you can't fix something if you don't know what's broken. Like, thing is, you can't really listen to the players anymore because, for example, Reddit, for example, is just absolutely fucking horrific right now. It's just absolutely retarded. Like, half the stuff that's said about it is retarded. And then, like, people will always be on both sides. Like, you'll have the crabs that will be like the vocal majority these days and they'll just complain about everything that gets rid of their safety net. And then you'll have the PVPers that will complain about other stuff. And, like, you will never make everyone happy and they need to make decisions that will basically be good for the game in the long term that they know will be good for the game. And the only way they're going to do that is by playing the game. Yeah, so I'm not sure if I talked about it before here. And hmm, how, do I, how do I start this? So I want to tell this story. So we got banned. They apologized to us, which is, you know, if you fuck up and you fix it and you apologize, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hate on you for anything, right? So we basically forgave them for it. It's fine, forget. But so in in one of those meetings or in one of those conversations, I actually offered to CCP to take one of their guys. I don't want to name a name who was clearly not experienced in EVE, doesn't have any EVE experience, to take one of them uh, on and up and go from A to Z, right? So I'm explaining everything about an op. Uh, like, because even if I stream it now, uh, like the Archduke fleet and stuff, people don't see what's going on, really. You have to map these wormholes. You have to know where to go. You have to... Uh, you know, there's a lot of experience that goes into this and a couple of dudes helping you out with all kinds of stuff. You need to get tackled, you need to, like, there's a lot of things that go into this that they don't nev they'll never see. And then I would have loved to explain to them the problems bef um, behind finding content because that's, that's basically my job, right? Finding content for my guys. That's what I'm doing all day. Like, all, everything I think about and Eve, it's all towards that like how can i make sure my guys get like the best content and i would have loved to explain a couple like these struggles to them but then they have this weird policy in place uh, saying like no if we join anyone's op or like if we uh, are involved in some degree like it has to be open to everyone and eve and all that stuff it. i'm cutting out on discord again i'm sorry so i'm just talking about the so they have this weird policy um, going on that if you are, um, if if a dev would join your fleet, this this fleet needs to be open to all of Eve, which obviously doesn't always work to for fleets. Um, so there was this policy in the way. I think they're changing it to some degree, and I know Rice, even though he fucked up that uh, presentation thing. Like there's a couple of things that I, I just don't understand. I think still he's probably my. Still, my hope for the game, to be quite honest, because I think he has the most understanding about what's what it is, you know, to you know find content. Didn't Rise get fired or something? 
What? Wait, he was a community. He wasn't Rise a community person, like the AT person. Who is the AT? I have no idea. I was never involved in the AT. I can't remember who still likes the CTV anymore. Well, I don't that know. That was another thing as well. Them getting rid of the AT. Falcon? No, Falcon didn't get fired. Yeah, I know. Not, yeah, Logi, bro. The other people, oh, Logi, right, okay, yeah. That was a big thing. Like, the AT was a big thing, and a lot of people played for the AT. Like, I don't understand mm-hmm. why they got rid of it as well. Yeah, and you know what? I think they're going to struggle to bring it back, even if they wanted to, because um, the game is moving on, and the tools they use for it are probably not up to date. So it probably would be completely community-based. And uh, I know for those who... Uh, who know maybe already um was it extra squishy dmt dtm and a couple others they tried to pull off a uh, a tournament and uh, ccp offered them a little bit of help I, i'm not sure right um i wasn't involved in that at all but from what i heard there wasn't much support coming uh, in the end right so they struggled a lot, put a lot of work into this, but it didn't really uh, kick off the way they wanted, which was sad, but, you know, it is what it is. But yeah, they tried to, uh, you know, fill that gap to a degree, which was great that they uh, gave it a shot. Um, but I don't think the AT is going to be uh, seeing a, a comeback anytime soon, sadly. It's actually quite sad. Like, even before we disbanded, we'd bled so many members just because of people losing faith in the game and CCP. And a lot of alliances had experienced that because of blackout and them just changing their mind over and over again about stuff like that. Like, well, a lot so, of like guys obviously like so, blackout and just different things. People quit because of blackout and all these different things. Like, I mean, they need to be f- sorry. Good. So the blackout thing, it was always meant to be temporary. Right? I mean. They didn't go back on it necessarily. The only problem I have with the whole thing is they say it's an experiment, but you don't do an experiment for no reason. Right? They damaged the game with it because it was temporary. I would rather have complete blackout still than the full local again. I think we got the worst out of both worlds. So basically they kicked out a lot of uh, crabs with the blackout thing and then going back kicks out a lot of pvp guys so you're losing people on on both sides with that move if they would just say hey so we got the data like and now we're finding them that was would be a different story even if they would just say we're working on it it would be something and they are actually going on in vegas there's a lot of points here that they're just saying, oh yeah, we're thinking about this, we're thinking about that. They didn't th- uh, say they're thinking about uh, a local middle ground, which is super disappointing. Even though I feel like a lot of these things that they mentioned there are just things to, you know, give us something, fill the gap a little bit, which is okay right? that you're thinking about it and you tell us. I'm not complaining about you telling us, but local wasn't part of it. You made that experiment, and you, all you say is we learned a lot, but you're not thinking about implementing actually, you know, a middle ground solution there. Biggest disappointment. And people probably say, like, oh, yeah, the bushing would be probably my biggest disappointment. I think that's rank two. I don't need bushing. We'll make something happen. But um, 
It's funny <sighs> that people think like I laugh at you the most for the bushing nerf because people forget that you made all these medals. Like it's not like you're not gonna make. It's, yeah, I find it funny that people think you're gonna be the one that's hit hardest by it because you're really not. Well, we uh, we were like strong before Commander Stars won the game, so it's like <laughs> whatever. And uh, it's been brought to my attention that. The, I've put a link in your Discord of the thing, and apparently all the support that they've gotten is it's two CCP guys lurking in there, and they've agreed to give one thousand plex and four skins, and there's been like one tweet about it, so it's barely any support. Yeah, that's disappointing. And you can you could tell the guys were um, uh, passionate about it, and they were willing to put in work and all that stuff. But if you don't get any support whatsoever, that passion that you know yeah, i can only I can only imagine how disappointed that must have felt and uh, was just sad. I've never been a tournament guy, like I've never flown in it or f c or anything. I always watched it though, like when there was like big matches going up, of course I'm watching that, and it was a great um you know community kind of event for people. Yeah, definitely. And for the guys that do the small scale, mid scale, it's their time to shine. And it's just so sad that it's gone. Yeah. Oh, what, what you gonna do? They don't have the dev time, apparently. I'm focusing on new player experience. That's another thing. I could go on a rant about that for hours. Like, most people probably know, or not most people know, a few of you guys know, that I actually made a suggestion, not, not saying they should do exactly that. But the approach to new player experience should be a complete different one. So when they said they're putting in, I think the number that was going around is 80% of dev time. So they said they're putting 80% of their dev time into new player experience stuff. I was hoping that means it's a completely new approach. It's not the old new player experience and a new color and a little bit more shiny here and there's a new button there and it helps like half of a percentage here or something. I thought it's a completely new approach and that's why they need these 80%. So that's one hope I had for the Vegas uh, stuff that they announced like, okay, so this is what we have been working on for the new player experience. Uh, Now it's going to be this. And the suggestion I made was that you get a little bit of an instance PvP just so new players have an idea what PvP looks like. So what's the fight you should be looking for? And and then hook them up together. So there's a social part because Eve is a social game. It's a social hardcore PvP game, right? And I think uh, you don't have to do it the exact same way I suggested, but there should be a, a focus on getting them, giving them an understanding of what PvP looks like, and then also um, giving them a natural way of uh, connecting to other people. I'm not saying push them into a newbie corp or whatever people suggested before. Newbie corps are incredibly toxic, by the way, these days. Yeah. Like, I mean, Horde is so fucking toxic. Like, it's not a place I'd put. Yeah, I think we need a new newbie group, but at the same time, the game is not in a state where it's easy to just start a newbie group and do shit with it. You know? I mean... I remember when Horde first came up and it was like the destination. Not only did everyone go to kill Horde, but like all the guys that would roam there would kill each other too. Right? 
uh, that completely changed. You know, you go there, you're getting dropped by supers and titans. That's not a newbie group, come on. So, to even call them a newbie group at this point, that's completely... Um, that's not realistic. And I'm not shitting on Horde. I think they did a great, great job, and they're like a strong group in the game. Uh, I'm just saying, um, that's not a newbie group anymore. But yeah. Yeah, you can't be a newbie group forever. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, you, they outgrew their, 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 their thing. The only, uh, the only group that stayed a newbie group over the years is probably... Um, what's it called? Eve University. Eve Uni. I think they're struggling at the moment. I'm not sure there's some leadership issues going on. And I'm not going to... I don't even want to comment on that. Um, but they stayed true to, you know, we're doing newbie stuff here. We're not, we're not trying to develop any political power or any of that stuff. And I think they, they did in that regard. They did a good job. Uh, how, like, how much... How active they actually are, I'm not sure. But, yeah. So, what else do we have? Oh, there's actually one good thing from Eve Vegas. That's what I believe, at least. And that's the 100% loot drop thing, event. Now, I don't agree with it being in high sec too. But I think, overall, it's got to be a net positive. 100% loot drop. That should, you know, give us some content, some more people in space shooting each other. Um, or what do you think? It's a bad yeah. kind of thing. It's going to be, yeah. It's, it, well, yeah, it, that's why I said they just keep adding gimmicks, right? Instead of addressing the core issues. But, like, the actual thing I kind of sparked my interest from Vegas was the heavy bomb thing. I, I just had that being discussed. But, like, do you actually know about the heavy bomb? Apparently yeah. It's like an anti capital bomb. I think it's, is it on my list somewhere here? Yeah. That is on my list, too. Yeah. That for sure, obviously. I mean, Stukas are uh, you know, bombers, basically. So obviously I'm interested in that. But the problem I see there is uh, there's no date on it. There's no guarantee that they're going to do it. It was yeah. one of those, oh yeah, we've thought about this before and we're th still thinking about it. Uh, I don't know. Is it coming? Is it not coming? I would guess if it's coming, it's like at least a year away. So. And if it happens, people are going to complain massively about that. Can you imagine the crabs crying about that? <laughs> I can imagine, yes. It's going to be glorious. But yeah. And then the loot drop thing, what do you think? It's just uh, like, is it going to be like a week long more activity? But that's basically it, right? It's. I really don't know what to say. Um... I think it will be a week-long thing, and that's it. Yeah, I don't think they'll continue the 100% loot drop. They're taking out an ISK sink. Like, the ISK faucets are already bigger than the ISK sinks in the game right now because ISK is worth, like, nothing. And if they just kept that in the game, then there wouldn't be much ISK, like, leaving the game, if that makes sense, and stuff would just become worthless, which is... Which is what? So you cut on? Bad. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I think long term, that's not gonna, but, but I think it's a neat uh, experiment uh, or neat little event. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And it's it was supposed to start today. I actually scrambled my guys to get some wormholes mapped and go on a Stuka hunt. And then while we were halfway done with mapping and all that stuff, someone said like, hmm, actually they uh, they moved that to tomorrow. 
So it was a little bit disappointing. But yeah, the event's going to start tomorrow. Yeah. But hey. Well, I recommend guys is going down to Goon Swarm space, you know, shooting up some crabs. They tend to be very blingy. John Hartley's Titan, very expensive. Yeah, everyone go for John Hartley's Titan. And John is a good dude. Doesn't make his Titan less expensive. John might be um, uh, on here at some point too. He's like, I think he's probably the most experienced Chemo FC by now. Uh, when when we first introduced Chemo to the game, <laughs> and he picked it up and ran with it and did Chemo fleets all day every day. Yeah. Uh, so next on the list would be combat interceptors, uh, damage buff, and assault freak speed nerf, uh, and jaguar fitting nerf. Yeah, not that impactful, I would say. Um, you know, it's good for the scepters. There might be some cool shit happening. We'll see. But in general, nothing crazy, right? Yeah, I mean. No, intercept is really the thing that does to deserve the attention right now. Like there are so so many more different subs that need more attention, such as fucking hacks being rebalanced yeah. and all these different yeah. things. Why why interceptors out of everything? Why? Yeah. So yeah. Sorry. Just aren't that bad. Yeah, I think that's the that's the disappointing part about it. It's not that they're doing it or how they're doing it, but that they're doing it instead of other stuff they should be doing. Yeah. I think the I don't know. Yeah. It's good to do that, but seriously, we've got other things. I agree. Oh alright, yeah. so but next on the list, that's a big thing actually, I think. Um we should talk about citadels in general, I think. Oh. But so on <laughs> Did we do that before? We talked about citadels before I think that might have been one of those times we were like late at night and talking about shit and then we got stuck for three hours here. So let's start with the thing that's on the list here. So they increased the anchor range of Ansiblex and Tenebrex to 500km. So for those who are not aware, Ansiblex, Tenebrex... But Panda... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go to the... Wait a second, what? The legacy ones stay where they are. Yeah, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go to the to the big problem with that in a second. So for those who are not aware what an Ansiplex and Tenebrex is, Tenebrex are sino jammers, so you can't jump into system, right? And Ansiplexes are jump gates. Jump gates in general already. I could go on a rant about that too. Um but so they used to be anchorable what was it? 350km, 300km, something like this. So a Keepster, actually closer, 200 or something. 150 and 200, I think it is. So a Keepster has a 490km lock range. So everything within 490km would get DD'd. So you die, and if there's eight of your friends close by, eight of your friends die. And it's just you cannot fight within Keepstar range. That's basically what it is. Um, so now they're pushing it to 500. So it's obviously it's further than 490. So in theory, you can fight on an uh, on a Sinogemma or um, or the jump gates or uh, bridges. In theory, 
But at the same time, if someone jumps onto the gemmer, he can end up at 490. Let's say I jump in there with my Titan and then I get tackled. I could end up in lock range 2 the Keepster too. So it's just on the edge. And then he can DD me and, and the DD jumps onto whatever is 20km further. So I think the 500, come on, why not push it to a thousand, to be quite honest. But hey. So that's the change they did. I think it's a it's an improvement, but they could have done it a little bit better. That's my take on it. And then, so the big problem with this is all the jump bridges and jammers that are up already are going to stay where they are. And everyone in big groups, we're not losing jump bridges and, and sino jammers all day. Like, they, don't, they never die, basically, unless oh, there's yeah, a big wall. Exactly. So basically what, is, what it's doing is all jump bridges and sino jammers are going to stay exactly where they are right now. So the change, it's not going to change anything for big groups because they don't lose those. And those who put up new sino jammers and jump bridges right now, they have to anchor them a little bit further. So that's a, ma that's a massive issue. I don't, I don't even know why, why you would think that's okay. Like, there needs to be a timer on it, like, saying, okay, you have, like, a month to replace them, otherwise they're going to all blow up, or um, they, uh, you know, remove them for you, or something like this. It's not acceptable, to be honest. Unacceptable to, to me, that you just leave them there. That's not, that, that's not, no way to go with this, to be honest. And I would guess you probably agree, I don't know. What's your take on it? The same, right? Yeah, definitely. Like the fix is the, is the change is, you know, good that they've seen that that's a problem. But like, you can't just like address the problem for new people because it won't affect anyone. Everyone's deeply rooted in, which is also an issue with citadels, is that the citadel the roots are so deep in nobody wants to move and nobody. Yeah, and you can't. Everyone's like a weed. You get like. You can't dig deep enough to pull them out because it's so much fucking at work. They're like tree trunks. Yeah, and, and then also Ansiblexes themselves, they have been an issue from the start too. Because if you think about it, so what they, they back in the day with Seagalron, they always had this vision of player-built Stargates. And that's those Ansiblexes. That's what came out of this vision or whatever it is this idea. So they brought in these Ansiplexes and call them playable Stargates. So they're designed to be Stargates, but only one side can use them. And they're in range to your Keepster. So there's like so many problems with this. Um, if you design them as a normal Stargate, then everyone should be able to use them. Or if it's not a normal Stargate, then it shouldn't be super safe in your Keepster range in the first place. And you know, there should be a uh, a disadvantage to it too. Um, I mean, the old jump bridges, you could camp them, bubble around them, and nobody can jump. You uh, cannot yeah. jump through. But now you can tackle, you can scram, even with a hick, people just jump through. They don't care. I mean, I think a cap, if you cap, um, if your capital gets hick pointed, it cannot jump. But that's basically it. So... We got the worst out of two worlds from a content creator's perspective. That's the worst. And um, yeah, at least they're at 500km now. So you can 
uh, try to catch something that doesn't reapproach quick enough or so. But yeah, not easy. And then try bumping something off. 500 km on a keepster. Try to bump something off the jump bridge. Um, if you bump it too far, it's at 490. Boom, you get DDs. That's what I'm saying. There's not enough room for you to play. It's very risky to do still. Especially on keepster grids. Yeah, which is why most of them are. Exactly. That's, that's another thing. Citadels have killed so many players in the game. They've killed station camping. They've killed like boss fights because of the moons and stuff. It's just, I don't actually like Citadels at all. I think Citadels are absolutely horrible just because they're just so boring. You don't get anything out of them apart from in Wormhole Space. They actually well, attack in the region unless you want to take the. Yeah, I, got, uh, I went, uh, like, I rambled on about Citadels a couple of times on, on FC chats before. Um, maybe I'm just gonna, you know, comment quickly on it, but I totally agree. Citadels are one of the two main issues, capitals and citadels. And um, I think one of the main issues also, like, why aren't they limited? Keepstars, for example, didn't they learn that from Titans? They approached the Keepstars like old Titans. Like, oh yeah, there's gonna be only a few of them, you know? And now it's getting more and more and more and more. And it's not easy to remove them. You need capitals and titans and everything to remove uh, keepstars from bigger groups. Um, I mean, unless you have a full fleet of bush ravens to actually pause the thing, subs have no chance really. I mean, you need to keep the DPS up for too long, it's just not realistic. Um, I think citadels are a massive problem for that reason, yeah. And uh, I also suggested a couple changes, but let's see. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go and give the full citadel talk right now. Not again. But do you have any like what if you wanted to change something? What would it, like if you could have like you have the you have the Hilmar power and you can just change something right now? What would it be? What do you think? I change the whole game to a mobile so I can see that <laughs> everyone else is unhappy. And have to quit Eve and Pando, a handsome man, can go outside and find a girlfriend and be happy, have a couple of kids, <laughs> you know, live his life, get about Eve online. What a, that would be a dream. That would be a dream. But nah, I guess if I could fix one thing, I'd remove Tether from a Citadel that's been. From, from a Citadel that has been reft or as a low power? Yes just reinforced so you, you think tether itself is a big issue or do you think the citadel well, defense is more of a problem? so basically i would do it if somebody hits it from shield and it goes into armor you lose your services you can't access the stuff in the station and you can't tether which means that as soon as you warp on that grid you have to fight if you unlock something you're not safe you can camp that station you know people will have to like they can't just sit tethered there, they can't just move everything out, you know, there's no safety net there. If you get hit on that fort, people can just camp you in, you can't PDS the bubbles or anything. You gotta sit there, you gotta... So, I think I think I disagree with that, to be honest. I think I would have a different approach. So, I think the, the first problem would be, if you remove tether in certain circumstances, I think that's a very um... What do you call it? So it's not obvious if you can tether or not tether and stuff like this. I don't think that's good necessarily. It, it, it's like this uncertainty kind of thing. Why you didn't have that before? 
Well, so, I mean, you didn't have that before, and I, I would agree, but not everyone is going to have, not everyone is going to have a Ford in every system and all that stuff, you know? I mean, um, so what do you yeah. mean? Yeah, I I agree. I agree. You didn't. You only had stations, and you could only dock at stations, and there was only stations in so many systems. And you could be station camped, and you kind of had to fight once you undock, or you just kind of. I mean, I'm not saying you, you can still dock back up, right? There would not be like, you know, there'd be inval time. It'd be like the old days where you can't just kind of. Because what happens a lot these days is people just sit on tether and just sit there. There shouldn't there shouldn't be a thing where you can just kind of sit there with no like real danger. I mean, you had that with the passes, but then you could bubble a pass and then reinforce it, and it'd take five minutes, but, or you could just bubble a pass and kill the pass and kill the stuff. Into but technically, you could also have a disadvantage by undocking. So, have it being that your citadel, you would have the disadvantage of you undock, or then go just to, spread then out on, on the undocks. Undock beforehand. Nah, that's easier said than done. So well, I think just, I think the tether. The game going. So I I don't like tether in general. Don't get me wrong. And I see your point, and I wouldn't complain if that was the case. You know, if they would remove Tether if on low power. But I don't think that's the core issue. I think the core issue is, first of all, there is no incentive to really kill Citadels. Because they don't drop anything. There's, you know, yeah, like, why would you do that? that? Then the amount of time is like how much work you have to put in to actually kill it. And then you get uh, nothing. And then uh, the the Citadel defenses are my big issue for daily content. Like that's my number one issue when it comes to Citadel, because like small scale, mid scale dudes, they cannot warp to a Keepstar, Fortisar, whatever, and just poke around on that grid and play and you know poke your ego. And maybe Big High One Tool doesn't like that uh, the little Blackbird is on the Undog right now and they're showing his middle finger or whatever. And Big Haiwanto has to undock and show him who's boss. Maybe it's a trap. Maybe it's not. And Big Haiwanto just, you know, removes everyone. But the point is, there's something happening then. And uh, I think the Citadel defenses being active at all times, I think that's a big issue. They should only be active if the Citadel is getting attacked. Other than that, there should be. And then this Ansiblex, Tenebrex thing that's wouldn't so even be an to, issue anyway. That'd be so easy to abuse that panda because then you can no. shoot the Citadel yourself. No, well, I'm saying they shouldn't be active when it's getting attacked. That means if it's like missing 10% of its shield, 15% of its shield, and it's in repair mode, then Citadel defense are attacked. So go ahead and hit your own Citadel and keep it paused. The thing is, to hit it, guess what? You have to untether. So I have time to kill you while you do that till you reach 10%. And then you can use your defenses. But you can't use them forever because you can't keep it paused yeah, forever. So it, problem. it's going to reset. If a Citadel could be incapacitated or like neutered, that would, actually that would be my favorite thing, to be able to incapacitate or neuter Citadel. That's what I would pick, like incapacitating or neutering Citadels. Because then you can incapacitate PDS which, and like bomb launches and stuff which gives you so much more flexibility of what yeah i think the bomb launcher pds and the dd they're just a little bit too strong i mean bomb launcher by now you can deal with them but it's still strong as shit and the pds takes out a lot of doctrines um to be used but at least uh, it's too easy to hit the damage cap with just a, with just your drones otherwise because at the moment if you do that 
the drones get PDS, you have no chance. So you have to put your turrets on it. So, you know, I guess there is a place for PDS. So I'm not going to complain about it too much. But the keeps are DD. Like, what's the point of that hitting subcaps? Uh, can you explain that to me? Who came yeah. up with that and, and thought it's a great idea? That I, so uh, we removed the ability of uh, Titan Doomsdays to hit subs. But then the Keepster Doomsday does? I don't know where that came from. So I think you know, there's a couple of things that are just so plain wrong, obviously wrong. Uh, yeah. And you think, so you would warp onto grid and then you would hit the PDS first. So the PDS is disabled and then you could do whatever. I would be, I would be happy with that too. Would give it a, a little bit more like a dynamic kind of thing. I would take out the bomb on Giant Gas first because that's the biggest threat to your fleet. And then I would take out the PDS. And that would means you... that you can bubble the Undock. But then for the mods, so first of all, I like damage cap in general. I kind of like it because you um, can. I don't like it on Astralis. It's stupid. Yeah, it's I think I. It's the worst of the Citadel. Like one and a half hours for something that costs a billion esque. Like in this game so, right now, no. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, when I say that, I don't like having three times on an Astralis. I do like the damage cap though. So when someone hits, is hitting my Citadel, I want to know, do I have actually the time to form and do something about it, or am I going to waste everyone's time and they're just going to head home and say, ha, oh, made you form and we got a raft. Um, because, I mean, that's what used to be the, the case but on posses, and you can make the argument it also caused a good amount of fights, that you just jump in 50 dreads in one cycle a pos and then jump them out again. Um... But I think I like the, the I like the damage cap in general because you know it's 25 minutes. If they're halfway done, I've got 10 minutes. I have to get it done within 10, you know. And um, I kind of like that part. But uh, yeah, smaller citadels shouldn't have three timers. I mean, we don't need that really. And what we were talking about before, ah, yeah. So, what about the the citadel mods then? That wouldn't be damage cap though. That would be EHP based, right? Or what do you think? I would do EHP base. I would do either. I think Newting is quite versatile as well. I'd do either Newting or like literally just have them as all pos mods, right? Oh, you cap them, and then if you have to be like, you know, repent. So you want to have certain mods on the on a citadel to have okay. um, a capacitor? Well, I'd have the the actual like citadel either having a capacitor itself, as in it's like an actual ship and such right you have a capacitor in the middle of your little icon thingy when you get neutered you can't do anything you do and then you kind of have to pick what you use or you have to fit battery so yeah I know you, yeah you do have it yeah it never runs out but hey <laughs> yeah, that's what i mean though. or you have modules that you can incapacitate and they'll take time to incapacitate just like the old post mods did right but once you incapacitate them you know they can't use it like the defenders still have an overall advantage, you know. They still have the tether, and they still had the weapons when they still could use them, just like all posses. But then, like, once those are gone, they're gone. And then so, you have to repair them. So what I thought, maybe like if you would introduce like the pos or the citadel mods, being able to get incapped, I would think it would be a great thing if you base that on EHP, basically. So you could one cycle a thing, so you have that risky move, you know, to field 50 dreads to incap like the whole thing and then hit it. You could do that. Um, 
but you don't have to. You know? So you, you would have both, like, you have both good things out of both worlds. Citadels and passes back in the day. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I probably like that. I don't think it's realistic. I don't think uh, CCP would they ever actually, do that. No, they actually did talk about this. And they said it was on the cards. Oh. a couple of years ago. And then, you know, so. <laughs> a couple of years ago. There's issues with Citadels like ever since they introduced them. And it's, I think, Caps and Citadels are the two main issues. And um, I've been talking about this so much uh, on here. Like, like I, I simply don't understand why they introduce it. It's so obvious that there's issues with it and then they don't iterate on it. That, that's... It's my number one thing. Like, it's very clear that there's... I mean, they did iterate to some degree. They, they did some changes, but it's nowhere near what it should be. I'm not yeah. sure what takes them so long. Let's brine the mood a bit. Let's talk about new and upcoming alliances. New and upcoming alliances? Well, we got Trigger Happy, which is run by Kendar, who is an old... Goonswarm FC that ran Space Lions. Um, they seem to be getting a fair few good fights in Tribute and Pure Blind. Have you been looking at them recently? Yeah, I have. Like we talked about it earlier, and I think they, uh, yeah, it's, it's a nice group, and they're growing still, which is really good. They're fighting a lot of Triants. and see. Yeah. They've been fighting us? Yeah, I, yeah, 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 we have. Who, what? An hour ago, yeah, you got absolutely dumpstered an hour ago. It's a fair experience. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I wasn't aware. I wasn't there either. But yeah. yeah, I mean, they're good guys. Very experienced FCs, obviously. And, uh, yeah. What else do we have upcoming alliances wise? We've got Trigger. Who else do we have? Uh, I just wanted to give a shout out to Kendall's alliance, to be honest. There's not really any. <laughs> That's I also know. another problem. There's no, there's no fresh blood in the game right now. Just yeah, because it's a struggle. Exactly. I mean, everything everything that's worth it should be a struggle to, to a degree. And I think the community or like FCs and stuff um, have shown in the past that you know they're willing to go through a lot of shit to uh, reap the benefits. It's very clear. But at some point, it's getting just too much. It's just getting too hard for FCs to have, like, on average, have fun in the game. Right? That's what, you, what you're always aiming for. Like, if I do 20 ops, on average, I need to get something out of it fun-wise, like, for my guys or for myself. Obviously, NFC always enjoys a fleet when the fleet's happy. Right? Um, and I think that's getting harder and harder. That's why we have a lot of people, you know, quit and then you know do other things and uh, stuff like this yeah i'm excited to see you at eve london panda you can oh, it's gonna be good times is there gonna be any higher ups on ccp there that we can like corner and then bully <laughs> yeah we're gonna kidnap them we're gonna kidnap helma he's gonna yeah, be there right still... nice there you go panda we can we can sit him down on a table and uh, make him listen to our ideas <laughs> we shouldn't even say that. We might get banned, guys. Stop that. Oh, I mean, it's like a... oh, wait. <laughs> in game, guys. In game. <laughs> but yeah, uh, if London's gonna be good, yeah. Kenda, you, 
Shine's gonna be there. I think Blizz is not gonna make it uh, for the Eve event. He's gonna be coming back on that Sunday. So I'm not sure. I mean, you live in London, right? Um, well, I live close enough, but I will be there. Yeah, so we're gonna be still around doing like any things at sun on Sunday. Um, but yeah, the Eve event is only gonna be Saturday, which is kind of weird. Like the the Eve events, there's very they seem very different. Like Eve Vegas or Fan Fest, it's like a multi-day event. While Eve London just seems to be like one evening with like maybe one presentation or something. Yeah. Very small compared to that. Yeah, it's better though, Panda. It means you can get, as I said, you can get Hillmar drunk and you can make him listen to your... I met him yeah. in a friendly way. I didn't mean <laughs> kidnap him, alright? I was just being friendly. Yeah, obviously. I mean, it's a friendly kidnapping. <laughs> We're kidnapping him like with niceness. Yeah. That's actually a very English thing. Where if you're in like a restaurant or something, you're kind of like, you'll feel bad if you don't do certain things. Like if they're like, you know, you should try this and this and this or like certain things like that, you'll always like go with it because it's a very English thing to be peer pressured by like staff and stuff. It's very, but anyways, I digress. <laughs> What's left on the list? What's left on the list? All right. Super fucking hyped. Triglavian Dread. I don't care. Do you care? No, because I want the actual game to be fixed. Yeah, I mean, same here. I it's don't think that. Good, I, I, it looks cool. I mean, yeah, good yeah, cool. You may, I mean, so from a game uh, like development per perspective, you always have to think um, the guys that make the changes that we want are not the guys working on a Dreglavian Dread. Uh, so nobody's building, like making those models or whatever. Um, you know, is busy with this, and that—that's why the game is not fixed. So I'm not mad about the trick, trick living dread or any of that. It's a new uh, ship, and the balancing part might just take some dev time out of stuff we want fixed, but it's not going to be significant. So, whatever, looks good. All right. So the next on the list, though, uh, ACL-based bookmarks. What's your opinion on that? I do have a like a strong opinion, actually. What do you have? I didn't know what what does that mean. What's an ACL so you, so if you make bookmarks now, you have the bookmarks, or your core has the bookmarks. But now, oh, when I the see. change comes, you can you can give people you can give me access even though I'm not in your core. So I have the corp, uh, the bookmark access to the high one to treasure hunt bookmarks. You know. I mean, I can understand that's you know a good thing, but I'm sure that would be abused in some way. So. What I think is, I mean, I like it. It's especially who have, um, for people who have ever mapped wormholes and stuff. For wormholes, that's going to be quality of life uh, tenfold. Um, it also helps a, a chunk of big groups, though. Like bigger groups, big coalitions, ACL is always great for them. And I think ACL everything is not a good approach. ACL jump bridges, ACL... A tenor, not tenor bricks, um, Sino beacons and ACL citadels. I think that, that all of that is not a good thing in general because it's way easier for big coalitions to get organized and give access and make their shit stronger. And, yeah. and it always pushes, you know, it gives, if it helps big coalitions, um, I'm not a huge fan of it. 
I'm I'm really not. And I would profit a lot from that stuff because we're doing like we call it the wormhole crew. That's like the guys that always map drifter wormholes and other wormhole chains and stuff like this. And it's gonna be so easy. Alright, oh you got the bookmarks, yep, shared, done. So like i I'm gonna have access to all these bookmarks all the time. I don't have to ask for warpets on it. You know, it's quality of life for me, but still I'm not a fan of it because it's gonna make um collision business, collision uh, stuff easier. Like and I think bookmarks are actually the smaller problem. I bookmarks you might make a uh, an argument that it can create content too. So uh, it's not like this is a big issue, but the ACL approach to things in general, I think, is. Yeah. Panda, do you get tired of Dark Trends carrying you in PUBG? In PUBG? Yeah. Dark Shines the machine. Yeah. I do get tired of that. I always feel a little bit bad. But yeah, I think he enjoys carrying me, so it's all good. As long as he gets some enjoyment out of it. Is he one of the people that would rage really hard? No. Uh, I've never heard Shine's rage, really. I mean, not in PUBG. I've heard him rage in EVE. In EVE, yes, I think. He but it's rare. It's rare. I've had him rage many times. I would think an NFC that rages too easily, that's a sign of weakness. Yeah, but it also makes people listen when they're angry. Yeah, you know... That in that particular moment, yes, but you can't take someone serious who is constantly raging. I, I can't. True. Like but if you like, do that every now and then, and you get loud, I think that's fine. Or you have like uh, a pro legend or someone. Uh, okay, yeah, pro legend. Where it's getting, yeah, yeah, but then it's part of entertainment, so people enjoy it. You know, yeah. then it's a different approach to it. I think that's a, then it's fine. But. I mean, sometimes they need a shouting. Sometimes what? You need to shout at Oh, yeah. Sometimes you have to shout at people a little bit. But I don't have to shout much. I don't think Shines gets loud very often. The rage leads to people mis uh, making mistakes or just switch off. Yeah, well, it also makes people listen. Uh, but it's just a temporary solution, I think. So if you show the people, they're going to be more focused for a short while. And then maybe they don't show up for the next op. Because they don't want to get shouted at. Normally when I, well, when I used to shout at people, it would be more of like a sort your shit out type of thing. Like, it's a general thing, not based on one op. More like the general performance. So, you know, that's what I mean. Yeah, I can't even... I've not been on many ops with you guys on comms. So I've never heard you rage or shout at people or anything. No, but I can't I imagine you getting getting louder a whole lot. Tau, no. maybe. I can see Tau, definitely. Tau gets loud Probably sometimes, not. right? Tau definitely gets mad. There's like loads of videos of Tau. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, he, he stopped raging. Like, he barely raged in like this year. But like, when he was in PM, he'd rage all the time. But yeah, no. If I rage, then people know that like I'm properly angry. Like, I barely ever. Yeah, I've never had you rage. Yeah, I. I never rage. I wouldn't say never. I raged not too long ago. I raged at people and then I actually, like a week later or so, I went to them and actually apologized because I felt bad about it. But yeah, I, I never rage actually. Alright. So, Who would you say 
is the angriest FC you've ever met. The angriest FC you've ever met. When Bliss gets angry, he gets really angry. Like he's like threatening people to get caked and stuff like this. So he can, if he loses his his mind, he get he gets really angry. But in general, Bliss is the only guy that says portal. It's not true. If you if you watch like old Rooks and Kings videos, for example, left they also in the say game. Portal. Left, left in the game, game, left in the game. Yeah, that's true. I sometimes like I think it was it was it yesterday or two days ago. I did an op and I actually said Portal. Just thinking about exactly that. <laughs> not, not even kidding. I'm not sure who brought it up uh, before, but yeah, I said Portal too, just for fun. But yeah, nobody else does. I think. Oh yeah, Grath. I've never flown with him though. So it's always funny to see like a video of someone raging. But if you don't know what happened, I can't really put it into perspective. So if the context is missing, I don't know. So I would have to say Bliss, even though he doesn't rage very much. Why? Who's the who's the mo most ragey guy you know? Hmm. Is it Tao? Tao doesn't really rage much anymore. Who's the most recent FC I saw rage? I mean, technically I was the most recent FC to rage. I don't know. Nobody really... I guess PGL, probably. It's the most rowdy. But, like I said... It's just loud, yeah. But that's half entertainment, you know? Yeah. He, he got his, like... His rage is too too fun for people to, you know, take it serious. It's like a... I wouldn't say superpower, but it's it's a good tool to have. Like, I never mastered that one. Like, I can't rage at people in a funny way. Or maybe I can, I don't know. Maybe I have to discover it still. But yeah. Alright, so on my lists for left. Heavy, anti-capital bomb thingy. Um, so that, those heavy bombs, we talked about that. Yeah, when is it coming? Yeah, bring it on. Right. Uh, possible structure timer. Low power changes, that's what we talked about too. Oh yeah, so asset safety tax. That goes into incentive to kill citadels, and I I don't want to ramble on about citadels again, but I think it would be better to for loot to drop than you know giving people like giving the attackers or the killers of a citadel like the isk of asset safety fees or whatever. But I mean, it's something. I'm not going to complain if if it comes. Uh, what's your take on it? Well, I completely zoned out. What was the last thing you said? <laughs> like that. So what they brought in uh, asset safety tax. Um, they're thinking about it uh, or something. Asset so, safety tags. So no, tag. no, that's how I wrote it down. So let me explain. So when you kill a citadel right now, you don't get anything, basically. Unless you're in warm space. But then you would have the attacker would get the the tax people have to pay for the asset safety. So if I kill your citadel, you you pay a hundred bill to transport your shits from A to B by asset safety, I would get that ISK. Uh, at least that's how I understand it. Someone correct me if I'm wrong here. So what do you think about that? Or parts um, of that, yeah, parts of the ISK at least. Uh, it... Yes, but like, I don't know how they'd implement that in a way, because let's look at Rackabass, for example. 
we used to have at our peak. I think we had 30 Citadels there. And our stuff's only really in one Citadel. So you're really not going to make much money out of you bashing those 30 Citadels. And if you just kind of do that, but on like a regional scale, you wouldn't make a massive amount of money from doing that. It's still kind of negligible unless you literally hit the stages. And if you hit a stage and then you just get brought by like 10,000 people, I think there needs to be like a smaller reward out of Citadels. Yeah, but so every Citadel is anchored for a reason. So if it's easy enough to kill it and enough incentive, you know, there's a sweet spot there, I would think. So if it's not three timers per writer rule or Astraos, and every Astraos or writer rule is used for something, let it be some clones on there or whatever, or, you know, you someone has... has yeah, okay. Let's say that there's just some ships in there. I would still think, even if it's like a hundred mil, that's not an incentive. But if uh, a couple ships would drop, like I don't know, maybe there's a Domi dropping or something, that would at least be something. It would always give you that feel of like, oh, we don't know what's gonna drop here. It could be, you know, something funny. And I think it would be just way better. I would, I would just argue everything should drop. To be honest. Yeah, me too. I think there should just be like a set amount of things that drop. Like, say you have a hundred ships in a citadel, like fifty at random. Well, not fifty. Like, I don't know, like thirty percent of the ships in there will just randomly be picked, and they'll be locked away after the hour time or something. Yeah, I made a suggestion to that like a while ago on Reddit. Out of all places, you said it before. Reddit is kind of it's a shit place. Reddit's really bad. Yeah, and it's bad for the game too. Uh, we need yeah, new guys, really new, new players come in, they check out that Reddit, they're not going to play EVE. They're not. Right? Yeah, it's massively uh, toxic. Yeah. <laughs> it's completely lost, that place. Um, but yeah, I made some Twitter. If someone's interested, I might just be able to link it. Or maybe it's Fobber here or so. Maybe one of you guys can quickly link it. But yeah. Uh, to asset safety, it's a more complex issue than we just can like hit on right now. I think we would have to go like super far into detail and you know I personally don't feel like doing that right now it's maybe a, like a long discussion in itself um, so what's next on the list is like faction warfare fixes I have no idea what faction warfare like, it's in low sec so I guess you guys have more of an idea what faction warfare needs or does or whatever uh, I used to be in faction warfare when it first came out but that's basically it Completely different now. I don't know what faction warfare fixes they announced. Do you have any idea? Uh, I don't know, but knowing CCC, it's probably going to be something really bad. It'll be like the way they think solved, I bet, and it will just be absolutely horrendous. It'll be like in Tosis's based or something, surely, knowing CCP, right? Can you imagine? What? I don't know. I don't uh, think it'll be. I hope not. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, you might be right. I don't know. I mean, it does need to rebalance and like anything that supports smaller scale content that's kind of locked to smaller scale content, I'd massively support. But it needs to be done in the correct way. I don't think CCP has the actual know how. To... Um, that you say smaller scale content or content in general, the yeah, warp speed. But the warp speed changes, for example, they were great, right? Yeah, that was a. Yeah. That was a I didn't ex even expect that one. People have been asking for that for a while, and 
they just tweaked it and they went further than we expected. That was really good. And uh, I have not seen anyone complain about that one yet. So good job there. And we talked about the blackout before. What else is left here? Let's see. Oh yeah, that's a good question actually. We talked about EVE London too. So is there any ship or ship type you would love to fly uh, if it was viable right now? Like, is there something that you would love to fly? I have a guess what you're gonna say, but you know, what ship type or ship uh, would you love to fly that you can't well, fly? The one ship I've always wanted to fly, and it's just been so expensive and not see like not enough in the game. It's the Barghast because it looks. <laughs> because it looks awesome. I was, gonna I was gonna think you say battleships in general. Yeah, battleships in general, but that's more of a class. I just want to put you in a specific ship because they have like the application bonus, like the velocity bonus and the bargas, and they look really yeah. fun. Like, yeah, they do look quite fun. But yeah, when we first did the ravens and stuff, I was looking at bargas too, obviously, as like a more expensive, like shiny, but it's not that much better than a raven for what you know, the bush ravens did. And bush ravens, you know, coming back to the busher thing. That's uh, that's another thing I could talk about for hours. So sad about this whole Boucher thing. I mean, obviously, uh, that's my thing. Like, I like to Boucher on and stuff. But I think the whole Boucher Raven thing, it's, it was like people were spinning this out of proportion, saying there's an issue. But um, have you seen many Boucher Raven fleets around do stuff? Did you think Boucher Ravens were an issue in general? Or, like, maybe I'm missing something, I don't know. When was the last time you saw a Bush Raven fleet? Like a year and a half ago. Yeah, when we killed H-5, right? <laughs> yeah, that was actually quite fun. That was a really good fight. And that, it would have never happened without MGDs. Would have never happened. Like, you know, I remember how are you going to do that? Like, goons, are, do? goons are quite, like... I think it was Asher who was like, this isn't going to work. And then we were like, Kenda. Yeah, yeah, it was Kenda. <laughs> oh, it was Kenda, yeah. There's a famous yeah. quote. Mm -hmm. And then we, I was like, no, it's fine. And we both, like, you know, we did it. Mainly because of you, but you know, it worked well. It was, I mean, it was a chance. We didn't have a guarantee. But yeah, it was uh, Kenda saying, no, 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 they're going to have all their Titans and Supers there. We can't really do it and stuff like this. And they just started the deployment, so it would be bad for their deployment to start on a high getting that fight um, so he was a little bit worried about that and then there's a famous quote from Shines actually going there's a screenshot somewhere I'm, I'm sure but he said like Kenna stop uh, sometimes you have to uh, grab the glory by the balls and drag it alongside you <laughs> and then we all agreed we're gonna do it yeah it was a really good fight that was a really good one that FC by the way one of the most hateful little shits in the game. I forgot his name, but yeah. Just saying. Killer B. I don't want to make it political here, but... No, 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 it wasn't Killer B. Killer B was there then to support him, but he already fucked it up majorly, so... Uh, no, 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 it wasn't Killer B, guys. I think Killer B, like, he's not a hateful dude. He's a, Wait, he's a no, decent guy, FC, actually. FC, FC, Yeah, that, like... That was nice. Huh? That was nice as well. No. Yeah, it was. No. He was just seeing the supers. Yeah, he was. Uh, no, no, no. That's not what he meant. Are you talking about the subcap FC? I can't remember the name of the subcap FC. Yeah, I forgot too. But uh, yeah, he 
kept talking shit like crazy, like years after. So, yeah, it was a good one. It was a really good one. Uh, and you know what? Sadly, I went over some videos the other day making a like a, a top 10, 15 like YouTube selection and stuff. There's no good video of that fight. There's like, you know, you see some stuff, but yeah, sadly. Yeah, exactly. Ashen got it. That's the guy. <laughs> I don't want to shit talk anyone, but that guy kind of deserves it. Most hateful shit I've ever met. I didn't even meet, but yeah. There you go. Who are you thinking? Putting that out I really there. I really can't remember the name of. Yeah, now that I read him, yeah, yeah. No, 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 Brother Bob. That's the guy. Oh, Brother Bob. Oh, he still plays. You subscribed to Pan. Yeah, yeah, I think so. That's yeah, so he's the NC. main US he's the NC. Yeah. Maybe it changed all the time. I don't, know. I don't know him well. I just know uh, whatever. Yeah, he was in E as well. If that surprises you. That doesn't surprise me at all. That explains there. maybe a couple yeah. things too. He made massive amounts of drama. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I don't wanna I don't wanna make it political or like shit talk anyone, but yeah. If you you know if you talk shit and you you you're hateful, you know. Dude, that's what you get, I guess. Calm down, Panda. It's a game. <laughs> you know, it's that, all fine. Some people deserve it as well. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Thanks for the for the sub, Hester. Yeah. Nah, it's fine. Okay. Right. What left on the list? Um. So, what's left on my list? So I've got some general questions still on the list. Uh, should we just go through that uh, that stuff, like general stuff about Pando. you guys? Um, you subscribe to Pando. So That's so hot. The first the first question for you guys would be, what makes you guys do you think so good at dread bombs, for example, which is mostly what That's you're known so for. Hot. Hey, thanks for the subs, guys. What made Much appreciated. Much appreciated. Mm, well, it was the way. It's basically down to the FCs. So like, um, we would find a target. So, for example, let's say test. Uh, test. I kind of the FC uh, quality of test, shall we say, is quite bad. And they were like their super fleet was an armor super fleet, really, that they used to defend their crabs. Yeah, so it's a smallish target because their main bulk is shield. You look at the time, so their fleet, the shield fleet was deployed away, so they only have armored titans there. And then you kind of have to work on the execution. And the way to do big dread bombs, the only way you can like execute it is by being clean of spies. And we worked very hard to be as clean as we could of spies. And obviously there was slip in and you know things. You know we'd know we'd have spies and we'd have to deal with it and stuff and. If you don't have a spy from that group, it means you can dread bomb them and you can get sneaky like dreads in position. The whole point of dread bombing is it's based off surprise. If they know you're coming, it doesn't work. You'll get absolutely decimated. For example, Darkshine's baiting out the PL dread bomb. He knew they were coming. He absolutely decimated. Them. No, no, no. We had no idea. They must have come from uh, NPC phone. <laughs> That's what we told them at the time. But uh, I'm going to do a big reveal now as well. And oh, all right, bring it on. I already told him I remember this as well. Uh, but um, so NC Dot had a spy in Snuff, and we found it. We got rid of it. 
And then they approached one of our members. And this is a very stupid thing to do. They approached one of our members and they were like, hey, Lazuli did this when he was running it, Lazuli Loto. And uh, he approached one of our members and he was like, hey, uh, would you like to spy for NC dot? And obviously the guy just tells me. So what we do is we make a fake relay and I end up being the NC spy. And I end up being the NC spy for enough for I think one and a half years to two years where in such battles such as 6RC and I think in X47 as well, while I was giving fake intel <laughs> and like it was so good because it asked like it's not forming for this and we just know that they're coming to times and stuff it was amazing like that was probably the best counter intelligence stuff we've done ever like it was amazing it was so good and we also could see like the other spies and who else had spies in other groups and stuff because it was all in the same discord and all aye, aye, aye. And it was really good now yeah like Intel, like we also had one of the biggest spy networks in the game. You need to have like you need to be well informed to do dread bombs. It's all about timing, not being seen, not knowing like knowing that you're not seen, and then the execution is down to the FC. And obviously we had like Tao, who's really talented at these type of things, and he'd do most of the work. And normally his work would pay off. The test dread bomb was actually a really big pain to actually execute because we had to get dreads from Delve all the way up into. Um, stain without being seen and that was a lot of work like don't get me wrong there are a lot of work to do and it's all about picking the right time yeah i think so that's the next question right under that it's like how did you guys manage to stay upsec because i i kind of expect i mean i kind of know what like how a drip bomb works even though i don't do a lot of red bomb stuff we well that's the thing we normally invite like the init trusted guys or like Init would know about our dread bombs right like for example your dark shines would know like you were at the nc dread bomb for example you know you we basically invite the people we trust right so we trust our members right because we prune them and then if we need more people we'd use trusted groups it's all about trusting people you kind of you need to trust people basically and then you expect them not to leak which yeah but but if so there's a there's a fine line there and like if you trust people too much you're in trouble if you don't trust them at all that's not good either you need to you know people need to know what's going on to a degree but they can't know it all you know it's uh, so there's a fine line of doing that and then for um, the, the the next question would be not only like how did you guys stay obstinate but for that long time so you guys have been around for so long, and usually the the older a group is, the more spies get into that group over time. But you always manage to filter them out uh, somehow, and you know, no group that's uh, like as big or like as notorious or whatever uh, is ever going to be fully spy-free. But you always manage to to some degree. I mean, we and always did. We've always like heavily multi-boxed, right? And also. We were quite artistic with our spy checking and you have to remember that we were giving our guys like really good content right we did the best to get our guys content with like with asking the kind of the least like we expected them a lot from them in fleets but nothing really outside of that and if you're getting the best content and you're like getting the best out of the game then you don't really want to spy which kind of meant that like or like leak and stuff because it's going to de- be a gentleman to yourself because they still have like the line members still have to do a lot of work to like actually pull off dread bombs as well because they have to come to our fleets and stuff it's like one of those things and they knew to not leak and stuff it's basically just 
they know the reward they get as well it's like a lot of different things but yeah it's just basically just being down to trusting people and like having a small core of people that can do a lot and then just when you need the extra numbers inviting people you trust yeah which is one of those interesting parts about eve as bitter as we can be about certain things that's uh like the social aspect of it there's uh, no other game has stuff like this obsec stuff like it, it makes it just so unique that you have to think about these kind of things, right? Yeah, I mean, it's not like every single one of our dread bombs wasn't unscouted. We had loads of dread bombs that got scouted, right? You know, it's hard. And then you just kind of like, okay, well, this is done then. Yeah, it's, it's basically that, you know, it happens. Yeah, I've been there with you guys. Sometimes it happens. But, I mean, better scouted than cancelled and, you know, being scouted and not realizing. That's another thing. You need to realize you got scouted and all that stuff. If you then drop, like PL did, we knew about them, and they dropped on us, um, and we were well prepared and just wiped them out. So, um, you know, it's, uh, there's, a, there's a lot of Once things again, that you have yeah. to consider there. Yeah, so that was, like, also you know, our spies, like, we literally had one of the best spy networks in the game. That's literally, you know, if you have the intel, you can do a lot of things. It's very expensive, but, like, to maintain. And that's the other thing, like, it's down to the mentality of the group. You're never going to be able to do stuff when your leaders kind of care more about diplomacy and making money and RMTing money or just, like, their own ego, because you have to keep pumping money into stuff, like, we never made money really like our wallet would just bounce up and down and towards the end of snuff we were making a fair amount of money to be fair it was like we were making probably close to 100 bill a month which is a lot for us you know and yeah, that's, a, that's a lot we'd be asked being like a trillion-esque a month a year or more normally so we weren't making money and that's kind of how it should be right you put the money into the content which yeah, a lot that's of how i run do. my corp so we we get money I'd spend it on the guys that are active. I might not just spend it all in day one, but in general, like I'm obviously I'm not in charge of the ISK and in it, uh, but that's how I do. Like it's, I totally agree. That's how it should be. The money you get in, you should reinvest into activity for the dudes that are active, and not just you know stockpile stuff or whatever. I'm not a fan exactly. of that. Yeah. yeah exactly. And then, so for the dread bomb stuff, like, has there ever been like a a dread bomb or like any op that was prepared like extensively, like to a to a high degree that never happened because maybe you got scouted or maybe you got um, I don't know, maybe there's a spy on there or whatever, and then you had to cancel. Was there any of uh, like, I mean, there were ops like that, but like, is there any it's op famous, that sticks it's out? It's a famous one where we had this is another stain one this is after the first initial test one where we were moving a dread bomb and we got scouted by a test character and that goes down in history of snuff because yeah by a test character yeah just a random roaming test character scouted us <laughs> <laughs> but like how much work went into that one like like all oh, the prep so and we stuff we were like going across stain and we just kept losing like a couple of dreads like across the way just to like Stain campus and stuff. It was horrible. Yeah, Stain's oh. a horrible region because it's so big. But yeah, and no, I like, you know, those type of things happen. But like the best execution, like the best executed dread bombs are normally down to pure luck. For example, you were there, the M show one. That was a really good dread bomb. Um, the test one is a really good one as well. Like, 
it's more down to like what they commit you know there's so many different factors it's like time essence like what you have on grid so for example the test one we went in we bombed when there was too much on grid and we couldn't kill much more anymore you bombed off the bubbles we jumped out you know it's quite clean same for the nc one we caught them off guard we killed a lot we jumped out yeah i mean that's always key when you jump in with a dread bomb it's a very simple calculation right are you going to kill enough so it's worth losing all the dreads and then how big is the chance that you might even save a couple of those dreads and yeah it's it's simple math but all the prep and before there's a lot of work that goes into that to make it also obsec you have to have the right guys and all that stuff otherwise if it was easy everyone would be doing it non-stop it's not easy it's a lot of work and once you're on grid it's easy it doesn't work on big groups yeah well even once you're on grid you still have to call the right targets and you can't yeah but i mean it's not that hard to call the right uh, targets you call for the most value for ehp basically <laughs> that's what you do like if there's if it's a super uh, like if it's an armor super cap free that's jumping it and there's one rag guess what the rag is primary thing is though dread bombs are satisfying but the most satisfying things for us were always going to be the full escalations such as like the ojanian fight where we killed two revenants i think that's like the favorite town also my favorite like dread bombs are fun but like where it's a fight then you just get really bloody and you start fully escalating like oh and why and you know like f7c yeah f7c those are the most fun fights in my opinion because those you remember much more than dread bombs that is you know i totally agree and when you say like the test dread bomb or end i don't even remember those like i think mtech o was the one where we hit utg i'm not sure though that show was the one where we bombed nc dot time I don't and even remember that one. And the three nexes, yeah, let's see. I, I always remember, like, H-5, obviously, where we killed a couple of Titans and, and supers and shit. Uh, yeah, and that was a struggle. That was a struggle, too. Keeping it together for such a long time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, I don't want to, I don't want to go on the, onto a rant of bushing nerf. Yeah. I mean, I, it's probably going to end up on Reddit if I lose my mind on, <laughs> on the edge right now. But yeah, I don't, I don't know why people think this is OP. Definitely, like only people who have never run a Bush Ravenfleet think it's OP. That's the thing. That's the funniest part. But yeah, yeah. Um, I think we've run two hours something. Yeah. I usually aim for two hours, so. If we have any special questions or something, guys, put them in chat right now. I might just be uh, able to bring something up. Uh, other than that, um, do you have any anything on your mind that you might want to bring in? I mean, you're always very aus- outspoken, so maybe you have something. Well, it's more just don't put the time into the game. Don't put... I don't see the game. If you're a hardcore PvPer, like a hardcore F1 and fleets and stuff, just don't. I would say just kind of like weigh up what would be better like to do with your time, like bash this citadel or like go outside and like actually do something more, you know, fun. It's just all like Rome or something. I just feel like the amount of time people put in the game these days just isn't worth it. And I want CCP to kind of realize it and change it. And the only way for that to happen is kind of people to stop doing those things. So, I don't know, just kind of, like, think about things a bit more, I guess, as a, like, 
people as line members matter and i know that sounds really cliche and like stupid and stuff but like the only way ccp is really going to do stuff is pe- if people actually start thinking about these things and kind of like just stopping doing so i'm sure people don't enjoy citadel bashing and stuff like that right and they need to be that's basically it which is i mean it's sad and like it's a sad message uh, i tend to agree to that that I feel like whatever you do in the game, if you get active at the moment, I feel like CCP is just gonna grab it and and take credit. Look, we like this is like our creation. <laughs> well, there's you know you you're trying your hardest to make something happen despite them, you know, even though uh, they are the the devs and 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 they don't doing this stuff, even though um, they're fucking it up, you're still active, and it's not because they're doing such a great job right? and I think that's the perspective they have like whatever you do in the game right now at the moment um, I'm not gonna uh, tell anyone to you know not do anything I would love to everyone for everyone to be undocked and do stuff I love it right? everyone get active but if we, if we would all get active right now then CCP wouldn't see the need to change anything and that wouldn't be good okay. So it's a tricky spot. It really is a tricky spot. But yeah, what 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 are you gonna do? Like, if we stay docked, that's not gonna help anyone either. So I'm not saying stay docked. I'm saying do something more productive with your time in the game, or just like you you ignore the things that. Are... Oh, you mean you mean yeah, just go roam with your friends, do some shit. Yeah. And instead exactly. of like ignore all the soft stuff and citadels and all that stuff, yeah, things that are so yeah. that would be nice. It would be super nice if people would just say, okay, forget about all the political parts, like taking space, taking whatever citadels and stuff, and just do the fun stuff. And then you know, at the moment we've got the warp speed changes. At the moment it's a little bit more, it's a little bit better now. Um, but yeah, that would be good to have more activity all around. Hopefully we'll see more activity with the thingy changes. Alright, so let me see. Um, yeah, put an at the pando uh, there so I can actually see the questions. Like Blackbird did. It's way easier. I'm probably going to see the, the ones that are, that are up right now. So there was one in chat earlier about highest future. Will he stick to low life or, uh, or whatever the, the new approach is called? Yeah, um, we're just that's like whoever wanted to stay in like the Black Rise area, and I'm just gonna basically just do a couple of rooms here and there. I'm basically retired from the game, and so is Tal. He'll also join me, and he will be more retired than I am. I'm just gonna retire. Uh, next question What's the best EU time zone alliance to get PvP nowadays? Trigger happy, but. A lot of people are joining them, and once too many people join them, <laughs> they're not they're smart not get anymore. anymore. They're too exactly. big. And once I get the yeah, once they get too many people, nobody's gonna fight them anymore. And then Kendall's gonna. I'll fight them. I'll nobody wants some. to fight you. Nobody wants to fight you, Panda. I'll bring Stukas. Yeah, nobody wants to fight. Panda. <laughs> no, no, I'm gonna bring some. You know, I've got I've got a doctrine I'm working on. I'm thinking about bringing on. It's not nothing groundbreaking. It's gonna be an old doctrine. But with a little bit of a more effective approach, I think. So I'm going to bring those out. I'm going to visit Kenda and the boys and see. Because, I mean, Kenda is a really good FC. 
his group is experienced. So if I can make it work against him, I can probably make it work against basically everyone. Right? So yeah, I'm gonna visit Ken now. And then also, if I whelp a fleet, that's a that's a big thing too. If I whelp a fleet, I don't feel bad whelping it to Kenda's boys. If I would whelp it into NC Dot, into Supers and Titans, ugh. Thing then is, I would feel bad about it. Groups like Kenda, you know. They might be a bit scared of you, right? So normally what you're going to do, Panda, is... And this is exactly... They would be scared of me? I don't think so. Yeah, it's a trick. You basically, you feed them a little bit, right? And then they'll be more committed next time, and then you just absolutely dumps them, right? That's how you do it, Panda. you got to scare, you know. Yeah, you gotta yeah, 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 yeah. I try. Yeah, I'll visit them. But, like, a, I would say a group, like, less than 50. Well, they're hitting your run right now, so... Yeah, they're having good fights. It's not like... They're not focusing or... Also, they're not... Are they renters? I'm not even sure. They are. Uh, yeah, maybe. Uh, let me scroll up. Um, the meta's alphaing ships. I should stop kissing girls and start playing. Yeah. This girl kissing stuff, it's uh, it's taken over. Okay, I mean, I'll give you this as well. I'm, um, oh yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, but not even kidding, like one of the reasons why Tao doesn't have much time is he he got a girlfriend or whatever, right? Or is that wrong? Is that like just some troll? Uh, yeah. Yeah, his uh, woman came back into it. Hmm, yeah. I think, I mean, Bliss is gonna say no, 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 but that happened to Bliss too. Like he has way less time. So, yeah. Such is life. Um, Honey Monster, PUBG, yeah, let's play some PUBG later, or like after this. Uh, come on, partner, we want that fight. <laughs> that's that's that one of Kenda's Dark boys, Shines, I'm sure. Hmm? Is it true that uh, Dark Shines has a Leviathan? I don't think so, I've not seen it, no. I have. Oh, Mass Vidola Diaz, or oh, Lost Taro, oh, it's a lost boy. Uh, so who know uh, you know for sure that uh, I'm an MMA fan, right? I think Diaz. So there you go. I'm gonna I'm gonna visit you guys uh, Saturday then. I'm gonna be on your Discord, uh, Mumble then. If you guys still want me. Uh, sorry. And you were talking about? Did I interrupt you? You were saying something. No, I said the Dark Times oh. have a Levite. No, he doesn't. Like what? Well, sure. Why would he? I swear I see him in the Leviathan. Shines. I'm losing track of all his fucking titans and stuff. He probably does. I don't know. He did? There you go. Did he sell it? The Banders and FXR are renters? No, I don't think so, actually. There's a little bit of an I'm agreement. For that. Maybe they are. I don't know. I don't run the renter stuff anymore. Uh, Tau has a wife. Hi has a wife. I'm pretty sure you don't. You're not married, but Jonas doesn't have a wife. Like Jonas Snuffleader. Yeah. I'm 17. He's you know, too young. To That's perfect. Him. When you were 17, you were full of energy and, you know. Well, That's not a bad age. We need younger players in the, in the game. The thing about Jonas is, is that um, he's failing at school and he's a rich Swiss boy and his dad said that if he doesn't do well in his first year, he won't get, like, a Rolex and, like... Think of Rolls Royce or something. So yeah, Jonas has to focus on his education, right? It's very sad. What you gonna do? 
His ex, lol, he got scammed. She promised to double whatever. He went back to his ex. Lol, 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 lol. Oh dear. Uh, Alright, if we don't have any questions left, then let me thank you for coming on. Um, I enjoyed it very much. And uh, I hope, I hope CCT, CCP does at least like half the stuff we talked about and we asked for <laughs> at some point. And then there's gonna be a new golden age and we can, you know, fly in a lot of wars together again. Yep, and I'll come back. But yeah, thanks for having me, Panda. Yeah, was a pleasure. And I hope the guys on stream enjoyed it too. Thanks for the subs and bits and chit chats. Uh, as always, I couldn't follow the chat while we're talking, but I hope uh, that I, you know, approach the questions at the end kind of makes up for it. So uh, I will post this to YouTube, yeah. And the Talking in Stations guys actually helping me uh, putting this out as a podcast. So all the podcast platforms, it's gonna be on here, on there in 24 hours. Because there's a rule with Twitch, live content has to be. Um, exclusive just for Twitch for 24 hours. So in 24 hours it will be on YouTube and all the podcast thingies and on the podcast thingies it's gonna be under Talking in Station somewhere. Uh, it's not that hard to find I would guess. Um, yeah. So thanks everyone for watching and uh, see you guys around.